Welcome to another episode of the Art and Bullshit Podcast. The podcast by artists, for artists, and art lovers. Today, we are doing it a little bit different. You you guys know how I like to get around. You guys know how I like to do it. We take it on the road. So this one, we coming live, baby. We out here in the Midwest, in the state of the Hoosiers. I got one of my close, longtime friends. One of the most fantastic, fanatical, fire-hearted, troublesome titans of tattoos. This guy has, he's, he, he's a motherfucker who got the skills to pay the bills. This is a guy who's traveled and is naturally nomadic like myself. We lived in a few different area codes together. We've put in a lot of work. We've pushed a lot of paint. Before I get to who it is, I just need to say this, guys. Listen, when it comes to art, there's two types of artists. There's motherfuckers who do the shit and there's motherfuckers who really do the shit. This next guest is the latter and not the former. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce one of my close friends, fantastic artist. We're going to really get to the shits, Jason Profont. <laughs> Good to be here in the truck outside of the crib. What's going down, Jay? You know, I, I'm lighting up right now. We here, Art and BS Podcast. Smoke it if you got it. Drink it if you got it. So, right now, as I'm getting my blunt laced up, why don't you go ahead and let these people know a little bit, like, who you are, what you do right now, and then we'll get to the shits. Well, <clears throat> I'm uh, from Indianapolis. Um, <clears throat> never gave a mu much about much. Uh, <clears throat> except for art, really. Um, <clears throat> started spray painting when I was young, <clears throat> and <clears throat> eventually through the course that turned to tattooing. So that's where I'm at right now. Okay, facts. So, you know, you and I, we met each other in our youth when we were, you know, knee-deep in the trenches of spray paint. But let me ask you this, man, because I don't even really know. What were you doing artistically before we met in, in the trenches? Um, well, bef before we met, I was uh, pretty much just, like, drawing graffiti and then drawing, like, all types of things, like Ninja Turtles okay. or, uh, you know... Cartoon characters, or I, I remember in middle school one time I got in trouble for uh, I didn't get in trouble, but they called my mom and the teacher was like, Jason is drawing guns on a lot of his papers, and uh, <laughs> that was kind of that. That was kind of that, but <clears throat> I don't know. My my dad sort of like kind of taught me to draw, and then as soon as I picked it up, he stopped, which I always thought was strange. Okay, but uh, now what type of stuff was Pops drawing? Um. <clears throat> Well, speaking of Ninja Turtles, I remember he drew me a Raphael one time Ooh, okay. with colored pencils. Hey. And uh, I haven't seen it for years, decades, really. But I remember thinking how good it was. Yeah. You know? And just being like, I just, like, that that moment and that image is, like, burning into my memory. Um, <clears throat> I don't know where he got the reference or, 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 or anything like that. But mm. my parents always, like, cultivated me drawing. And I think, like for about 10 years they were probably cursing themselves for that because I was just spray painting on shit you know got you 
So, but in the end it worked out. But before that, slightly before that, before we met, I was just kind of like drawing little characters and mm-hmm. I would draw like things for people in, in middle school and, and, you know, just kind of get like a milk or a couple bucks out of it. Yeah. But, <clears throat> yeah, since I can't remember, my mom has a bunch of my old drawings that I... Uh. <laughs> Okay, so like, was your mom in the art as well, or was it just your pops? No, not at all. It was just my dad. Okay, now do artists, is that a gene that runs in your family? No, not at all. I wouldn't say that. Not do you guys all. have the creative gene in your family? Um, <clears throat> I I think my mom has it based on just kind of like game and kind of like hustling and making things happen. Okay. okay. But my dad is uh, neurotically... To the point, there's some psychology behind it. A hard worker. Okay. So I I was able to somehow like gain both of those. So you know I can dedicate to to a task or I can dedicate to something that I'm working on, but then also use like my mom's influence in her her situation as far as like all right, you did it. Now make sure it gets where it needs to get. Like yeah. make sure you like. So it's like you learn the craft. <clears throat> from pops and you got the work ethic from moms work ethic from dad uh craft like the introduction to it from my dad also but from my mom i kind of learned that you can you do what you want you know uh like you make it happen okay if you want some shit to happen you make it happen and you, you. you don't look at all the bullshit that's that's you're thinking of that might potentially hold you back you just spearhead the shit and then your hard work will like carry you through and finish it right 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 yeah activity breeds success yeah okay now so you've been tattooing for how long now man um as of right now it's been 10 years and about five months and about four days uh, down yeah. to the day. Oh, uh, we like that. So, man, okay. Why don't you talk about what made you want to start tattooing? Um, <clears throat> tattooing was kind of uh <clears throat> presented to me uh from a from a kind of like a former life where okay. where where the person who taught me to tattoo had just started spray painting, right? Mm. So they were kind of always uh you know, wanting to paint with me and wanting this and that, okay. wanting like not instruction outright, but you know, just the experience and the camaraderie of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> basically, like this person taught me to tattoo. Um, you know, not not in trade. It wasn't ever official like that, but it was a basically like kind of almost a trade thing. And like when I was into my apprenticeship, I'm like, yo, are we going to do this? Because we were just, he just wanted to paint every night. And I was down at that point, like mm. 10 years ago, you know, I was, I was about that also. Mm-hmm. Facts. Um, so that's how I was brought into tattooing. But at the time I was doing, uh, I was doing mural work. I was doing custom mm. paintings. Yep. Uh, I was just kind of like hustling art where I could and. Really working wherever I when I when I moved to Dayton, Ohio, to learn how to tattoo, uh, I was working at a place called the Abbey, a vegan restaurant in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, 
And that's that's what I was doing, fucking up coffee drinks, you know? Yeah. And fucking up the food cost. Yep, yep. Yeah. That's fucking great, man. <coughs> so you know what's crazy though? It's like in the graffiti then the in the graffiti game, mm-hmm. you know, I think about how you were saying like the apprenticeship and then you met someone who was impressed with how you were approaching, you know, spray painting and you guys and since traded skills and what I've learned from art is you got to apprentice, man. Like you got to have a mentor to show you the game. But in graffiti, we're so self-absorbed. We like, yo, man, I got to come up with my own style. I got to have my own original flavor. I got to have my own fucking tags. I have to have my own pieces, my own throw ups. And then you get to a point where you're just stuck and then you start borrowing shit off of your friends and then you incorporate that. And it's, it's like this big old fucking circle but when you step back and you look at it, you're like, damn, man, at some point, there had to be a teaching. You know, like, there had to be a teaching process. And we never really, uh, really I, look at that. I mean, I think that's the inherent part of, like, <clears throat> crews, you know? Okay. Like, it's, it's not an apprenticeship. It's not, like, formal, what you would call formal training. Uh-huh. But it's like you surround yourself with people doing the same thing. And you're like, oh, I'm doing this. Oh, I did this. Oh, we did this. And, you know, you obviously, like, kind of idolize... In, in a way, those above you, those who came before you, uh, because they're better, they got skills, and you, you're trying to learn it. So that's fun, like, you know, about crews, like, that's kind of what that is. That's like a little close-knit, like, little little group. Yeah. Uh, that's all advancing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I, I would agree. In theory, hopefully that's the hopefully that's what's happening. You know, in a lot of situations it happens, but there are a lot of situations where people aren't advancing together and they're just fucking around. Yeah, you can you know? degrade together too. It just depends what the you know? Yeah, definitely. It depends on the friend group. I I would have to totally agree. So you're in the tattoo and how long did you have to apprentice before you were ready to really step out and start doing it? <clears throat> Well, for me, it was, uh, okay, so I only apprenticed for six months, and, uh, you know, if I could go back, if I could theoretically rewind, mm-hmm. I would maybe have apprenticed for a year, a year and a half, or two, because I feel like that, that brief time span, and then a lot of it being dedicated to things that were not the apprenticeship, uh-huh. uh, being 10 years in, I can see... Uh, just obviously that there were things that I could have learned. Uh, I could have learned way more. Mm-hmm. You know, I should have, not just could have. Like I, I, I should have. Shout out to my alarm on the podcast. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's time your alarms. Late. <laughs> right, right, right. So <laughs> let me ask you this because. You know, I've had a few different art instructors, not too many, but I've kind of noticed the different difference in art instructors. Do you feel like with your apprenticeship, it had to do with your mentor? Like, are you saying that, like, okay, I could have got more out because I wasn't, A, studying and applying, or was it like the mentor wasn't? Because there's sometimes where you'll get the game, but it's like the game is being piecemeal to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, And then there's other times where, all right, I'm going to give you three hours. This is all the game. And then you come out on full. You know, so are you saying that you could have been further along because 
you know, you didn't have more game or do you feel like you, you had all the game, but you weren't applying all the teachings? I feel like I didn't have all the game, you know? Okay. I had all the game that was available to me. Okay. But I, di I didn't have all the game, you know? Because uh, we were kind of at, at a certain point, uh, you know, we were both concerned with uh, different things. Yeah. A little bit, you know? Okay. And, uh, you know, I was going in obviously not knowing shit. Uh -huh. You know, knowing nothing. Uh, so basically, like... Yeah, I, I I think um I u I, I utilized like everything and like, you know, I've taken steps to go and get tattooed by people that I respect and and people that it'd be like going to a city and painting a wall with someone that you that you're like, right. Oh damn, okay, yep. oh shit, oh shit. Or even like actually it'd be more like going to a jam and just yeah. being like, Hey, can I observe this shit? Okay. You know? Mm -hmm. So it'd be like that, but um you know I'm you know, I, I feel like pretty comfortable where I'm at in, in, in the mind state of like That's alarm again. Yeah, no, uh that was hold on one second. And we're back, cold-blooded punch-ins, the art and BS podcast with Jason Profont. So we're talking about tattooing. And one thing that I've noticed about you, Jay, is you've done quite a bit of traveling, right? Yep. So You've worked in a bunch of different tattoo shops. You started, you were saying you were working in Dayton. I remember, like, you being in Vegas. I remember you being in L.A. I remember you being in San Fran. Can you tell me a little bit about those different cities and, like, how you got to, how that all went down? Um, <clears throat> as far as tattooing goes? Yeah. Because uh, um, how did you move out from, you know what I'm saying? How did you bounce? I mean, it would be... Since I've been tattooing, I've I've lived in a town called Richmond, Indiana, Los Angeles, uh, Indianapolis, and then and then Bloomington. But you know, I've traveled around and tattooed in a lot of places, a lot of different states. Um, it's just all about networking, like anything else, you know, like graffiti or like like really like like anything, you know. You just we were talking about painting the jam with the people that you like and observing painting the jam, and that was akin to tattooing. Yeah, like painting a jam, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Rewind back to painting the jam. Um, you kind of go and observe and then, uh, you know, get tattooed by people that you respect and you can kind of pick up, like, just everything, like mannerisms. Mm -hmm. uh, you obviously don't want to, like, take style just mm -hmm. like anything else, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, it's just kind of about uh, incorporating traveling and, and 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 seeking out and incorporating you know and a lot of people d seem to not do that you know and that's the thing about being super happy like comfortable like right where you're at and like is that gonna be your constant is that your theme that you're just good that you're just comfortable i always wanted to to go and travel and move that's why you know with the graffiti thing that's why i did that mm -hmm. and i painted in a bunch of places and mm -hmm. That's a part of the reason why I do it with tattooing also mm -hmm. is because, you know, you everything like expands your your, you know, your thoughts and the realm of what is possible to you. So it's it's kind of toxic, I find, to just sit there and get comfortable, whatever it is that you're mm -hmm. doing and just thinking like, yeah, I got this. I'm good. I, I could do this because it's like 
there's people really going for it. Right. And the pursuit of excellence is not that. It's not being comfortable. It's definitely <clears throat> being uncomfortable in every step of the way. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's very interesting because uh, I think about our time living in different states, like living in Seattle and like all of those different experiences we had and uh, moving away, moving apart from each other and then both growing. So, you know, that's the one thing that I can agree with from the graffiti aspect is traveling. It seemed like every time I would go somewhere and come back, I would be stronger and have more techniques and more ideals, mm -hmm. you know, and be a little bit more uh, clear about my vision as far as like where I was wanting to take things like that. So, applying that towards tattooing that definitely at this point it seems like a no-brainer but when you're young you know you either do it you know and then you gain that knowledge or you know you stay there and then you're fucking spinning your wheels in place so um next let's talk about you know the tattoo game and and how you feel like it's received and how you have you how you've received it because i know like a lot of times you've came out to california you know we're in indianapolis now but you'll come you'll call me and be you'll hey james i'm here there's a convention let's go and get some dinner i gotta go work but let's at least kick it for a second so like how have you like, how are those, how is, how are those experiences doing these conventions and all this traveling that I'm seeing you do? Like, and how are you finding that the tattoo community is like, when you're traveling, is it different when you're going to different shops and meeting people? Are you finding that the artists are more receptive because you're out at a convention? Like, are you getting the game there? How was it work? How's it, what are you getting from those? What's, what's happening? Um, I think uh, conventions, uh, the need that that fills in me is kind of like, you know, just like moving and shaking, you know, and you, you know, you go there and like, obviously, like the goal is to tattoo, the goal is to make money. So, mm. you know, you, you, you need to do that, obviously, because you paid money to be there. So you need to get it back and, and hopefully make more. Uh, so that, you know, that's cool for sure. And you can, you can build clientele in different states, different cities. Uh, but also, it's dope to just, you know, because everybody's, like, pretty much bringing, like, A-game and having, like, merch of whatever, like, shirts, mm. uh, paintings, Sick. prints. So, you know, I've bought a lot of prints at, at conventions, you know, nice. and it's a good way to just see, like, and, yeah, it is, it is definitely soaking up game because there's definitely different ways to do conventions, and I've done them both ways. I've been super prepared, and I've done some where I'm just kind of like, ugh, like partying too much, you know, because there's an incentive <laughs> to party, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I've, I've done it both ways, and um, I, I think that it's just, it's just another way to just expand what you're doing, you know, and see how other people are doing it mm -hmm. and being like, damn, I need this. I need that. I could do this. Why haven't I done that? Like, how would this elevate me if I did this, mm -hmm. you know? So from there, my question, because I'm listening to all of these things and I just keep asking mm -hmm. myself that one question that through all of these years, man, I've never asked you. Do you ever find yourself unmotivated? I do. I do in a lot of ways. Uh, but one thing that's that I think was always good for me about graffiti beforehand and tattooing now 
is that, well, it's more applicable with tattooing, but like, mm. if I'm not motivated, it doesn't fucking matter necessarily because I got a full schedule ahead of me, right? Mm, okay. So it's like, if I'm like, I don't want to do it, like, that's not an option, <laughs> right? Because right? right. these, these people are like, for a reason, if they're seeking me out, you know, these people are depending on me for to to fulfill this this they could go to anyone else they could go somewhere else if they wanted to mm -hmm. so that's like a motivation in itself it's like all right like you're seeking me out like i i have a i owe you you mm -hmm. know what i mean yeah, like facts. you're about to owe me money but i owe you uh my time and my interest you know mm -hmm. that's one thing that's sort of tough sometimes about tattooing you know we all go through like bad days if you're having a bad bad day or a bad time or bad this bad that mm -hmm. like it's very important to try your hardest to not put that out there to the point where, like, the client who's trusting you to, to do the thing mm -hmm. soaks that up. Because mm. then they don't want to come back. Because right. it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, if you have a bad interaction, you don't want to continue having bad interactions. Right. If you have a good one, you're going to crave that and want that. Yeah. It, well, yeah. And I, I would have to agree with you in aspects of like creating the type of art that I do. But you know, what's interesting is I always would think about our relationship and I would be like, okay, you know, my goal is to get my paintings in, you know, these particular venues or homes or whatever. But like this guy's out there and his art, people are walking around with it on their flesh. Like that's like, that's kind of a different level in the, like that's a different level of investment. You know yeah, what I'm exactly. saying? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, uh, <clears throat> getting caught up in being busy and tattooing all the time and like just living the lifestyle uh at the times when i can like kind of step out of that mm. and uh you know understand that you know it is important and it is valuable that people are are doing that you mm. know and that's what's happening they're like they're they're trusting me to do a thing that they can take pride in forever you yeah. know what i mean or for the rest of their lives you know and that that people are going to see Mm -hmm. You know, and they're going to explain and hopefully they <clears throat> explain it with pride and have a and ha have had a good experience with it, like 100 percent, you know, because if they had a bad experience with it or or it doesn't look good because I'm like things are off or something, mm -hmm. then that's what's cool about that is like you can see you can look at a tattoo or, you know, you could look at artwork to any degree and you could like to a degree see if this motherfucker cares or doesn't. Right. You know? For sure. Okay. And, okay, yeah, it's... Okay, here's the thing. I, I agree with you and I get what you're saying. But then, okay, here's my thing. Because I feel like that's a tr slippery slope. It's a, it's a tricky scale. And here's why I'll say that. Because, okay, let's say there's an artist, right? And there's a guy and he paints, like, a character in front of a tree. And, like, the shadow to the tree is lighter than the tree which that's incorrect by any artistic standard right the shadow yeah. should always be darker than the tree so is it that that guy doesn't care or is it that he doesn't know or is it that he doesn't know to care well it well i mean yeah okay it could go both ways and it's if it if you if you know and don't care then that's fucked uh but if you care and don't know, then you eventually will know. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's just part of the process of like, I mean, we've all made whack shit. You right. know, we've all fucked, fucked a painting up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we've all fucked, you know, some project up and like, you know, that's 
part of learning because mm -hmm. how are you going to know, you know? But if you just, if you know how to do it correctly and if you know how to, you know, handle people correctly and like interact correctly and you do that and you choose to do something that's mm -hmm. not that, then that's making your bed. You're making your bed and then that's going to be you. Do you want your legacy to be like, oh yeah, he, that's mediocre. Mm. Dude doesn't care, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I see that a lot with tattoos in a way like, um, and I don't know if it's like, I don't really necessarily believe in talent, you know? I believe hard work like puts you where you are, you know? And you okay. work as hard as you want to and you get out of it what you put in with really with anything in life. And like, you know, if you see like a super whack tattoo walking by, like, I mean, it's just, it's just like, ugh, because it's just a stamp. You know what <laughs> right, I mean? Right, it's right. like, oh, that's you. Who did yeah. that? That's you, you right. know? So it's like, that's all the incentive that I ever fucking needed to like just ferociously try to improve and be on top of shit because, mm. you know, it's, it's kind of similar with graffiti. You know, if you do a spot and it's a good spot and like you think you're the shit, that's cool. But if your shit is is whack and garbage, then everybody everybody right. passing no, by that yeah. is gonna be like, damn. Yeah, it's kind of it's a kind of a waste of a spot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and hard work pays off. The effort that you put in before. Pays as long off. as you're trying to improve and you mm -hmm. care about what you're doing, then you know you can write that off. Mm, you know. Yeah. But once you stop caring, then it's just you're just like that's your nails in your coffin. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting because, you know, I talk to some artists and, you know, there's this pursuit of like knowledge and this, you know, unyielding, you know, desire to learn what it takes to create a magnificent picture or how to put your heart into a canvas, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it's not something that's easy. And then there are, you know, artists who don't necessarily care who want to paint you know and to maybe fulfill, fulfill like a, a, a what you want a fulfill a hunger that doesn't necessarily aim to like um like teach or like in any instance enrich society but it's like okay i'm fulfilling this hunger and it's kind of like the um like graffiti like we we go out we paint some shit we feel good about ourselves you know where you can paint a canvas you're painting some shit you feel good about yourself but is it really the best canvas because like if you're see that's the difference between tattooing and painting like you know fine art is like we're locking ourselves in a room and we don't have any measure like people are walking by like you always have this measure like of yeah. you know whereas like if you just lock yourself in a room and you're not going out meeting artists going to your local first fridays or art hops or art walks you don't know what's out there you yeah. know but tattooing you're you working every day clients come in you get to see all these other all the other work that's attached to them so you're like okay i'm coming after all these motherfuckers yeah I got to kill the shit. <clears throat> yeah. Sometimes that's uh, intimidating, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, it'd be like having an art show with, you know, sometimes people who are just obviously better than you. Right. You know what I mean? For sure. And you have to, like, take those situations as, like, man, I better do the best that I can because mm -hmm. this is, you know, because people are watching. You know what I mean? And at that like, point, you ask yourself, what am I good at? 
Yeah. And you focus on that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that, uh, as far as tattooing goes, I've, uh, I've always been like kind of in a little conflict in a way personally. I mean, I see some of, some of my friends, some of my good friends are like, uh, I mean, whatever they're, they're super blown up on the internet and, uh, you know, they're doing good and they're doing things that they want to do. Mm -hmm. Like they're only, some people that I know only do tattoos in the style of tattoos that they want to do, which I think is dope. But I've always been like, uh, I don't know. I guess it like goes back to like some early psychology where it's like, man, I kind of need some, I need acceptance. I need to, I need to do this. You know, I need mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. Like, uh, let me do this. Let me get this good reaction because of this. And so my style developed like very versatile, mm, you know, yeah, I yeah. haven't, I haven't like made the choice to be like, I only do this. Right. If you want to get tattooed by me, you get this or mm -hmm. you get something just like this or very similar to this. And this is the aesthetic. Like, I don't feel like I've built an aesthetic for myself. Instead, I went another route to where versatility. So I don't have to turn almost mm -hmm. anything down. Yep. You yeah. know? And there's power in that. There's uh, there there is power in that. And yeah, it the more you branch out and do different things, the better you're going to become at doing everything in general because you kind of see what different techniques are and how to apply those. Um, yeah. Now, do you find that do you find that making art? Because I know that your prime your time is primarily consumed by tattooing, but when you do get a chance to make art, do you find that which influences one? Like, does your art influence your tattooing, or does your tattooing influence your art more when it comes down to it? At this point uh, in the timeline, uh, it's definitely tattooing influencing art, mm. 100%. Uh, I mean, you know, there was a time when, obviously, that, that wasn't the case, and then there was a time where I'd put more of my own spin of things the way I used to paint mm -hmm. kind of into tattooing a okay. little bit and now I'm at the point where uh I guess I make art every day you could say yeah. but as far as like creating like paintings or like creating like something that isn't for a client uh -huh. um a lot of times it it's it's spun off of tattooing like it has that aesthetic and even like uh I mean you know they use watercolors or or but mm -hmm. I use liquid acrylic which functions the same okay but even the the medium that mm -hmm. I'm using uh and I can still I still got kind of like juice with like how I kind of used to paint and like characters and like ways I used to paint but uh -huh. recently I've only been flipping it uh with with like basically like tattooish tools mm. I, I, I uh, did a canvas like a, a couple months ago where I spray painted the background uh -huh. and I used acrylic. Okay. Yeah, and it felt good to get back in, but I was like, man, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. this brush does this, and I'm yeah. like, fuck, I used to use this brush, but mm -hmm. now I use this brush, so yeah. then I'm using the old brush yeah. in a way I use the new brush and mm -hmm. vice versa, and I'm like, man, it's hard. Sometimes it's difficult to just... Uh, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm I'm trying to stick with with one thing a little mm -hmm. bit more right now. Yeah, it, it's interesting though because when you talk about doing tattoos, having being very versatile, I think about the style like 
that I know you for, which is a more like animated, illustrated type of style, you know, and it was really, um, you know, it had like a, like a 90s cartoon feel to it, to like doing realistic whatever it was, man. Like, I mean, like crazy bonker stuff. Like there was one I saw you do with like a snake and the sunflower was nuts, you know, or like the, uh, one of my favorite flash drawings you did was like the robo cheetah or whatever, you know, like that shit is nuts, man. So my question for you is like, when you made the switch to like doing things that were more on the realistic looking side, like how did that come about? Like, how did you, how did you gain that that key of wisdom? Because it, you had to make like there there had to be a point where you're like, okay, I'm gonna learn this, and you know. I think that uh, is due uh, in part to just being influenced by tattoo related imagery, mm-hmm. and also a lot of it I think is is due to uh, working uh, on the West Coast. Mm. Uh, when I moved to LA. Uh, one of the places that I worked was called Oceanfront Tattoo, and it was on Venice Beach, yeah. which, uh, I mean, has a lot of history that, I don't know, most people won't know. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of shops there. There's a lot of undercutting price-wise. There's a lot of whack tattooers there. Mm. But there's some really fucking good ones and ones that have been, like, doing this for years and years and years. And I got the chance to work with, like, a, a a crew of people who I think kind of like that I really soaked in how good they were mm. at what they were doing okay. and most of their influence was a more realistic um, thing. A like a re- traditional style of art. Now, did these were these guys doing classical uh, type of art or it was just more realism and, you know... When they were painting, a lot of the homies would do often like they would they would do tattoos uh, based off of like Bernini, mm. you know. Uh, there was a lot of that <laughs> that I saw, and I'm kind of like, and that was when you called me and you were like, "Hey, check out Bernini." In that conversation, because we had a talk, and you were like, two people you need to check out, man." I was like, "Who's that?" You said Bernini and Sean Barber. Did I say Sean yes, Barber? Yeah, that was in a single conversation, bro. You were like, he's doing these tattooed portraits. And then I looked into him, and then years later was when I took the class. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, but that was in one phone call. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. Word about the portraits. Yeah, his portraits are obviously dope. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, yeah, and like, like, really, like, it's funny. Like, I've always, I mean, I've been an artist. I've, I've been an artist, like, and, and when I say that, I mean, I've, I've always, like, expressed visually mm-hmm. something that I'm feeling and something, I'm expressing things visually, so that's that. But I, I think that it's, most motherfuckers who are artists maybe should know about Bernini. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the way yeah. that I ran into Bernini was seeing, like, the homies at the shop, uh... You know, printing this out and like making the stencil off off of the printout and just doing it like to a T. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, where are you getting this reference? And it's like, oh, you don't know who fucking Bernini is. Yeah. You don't know this person, this person, this yeah. person, this yeah. person. And I'm like, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing illustrative shit. I'm doing like character work. Like, I have no classical art training whatsoever. Yeah, but you see that like. 
See, this is what I'm talking about. You go in, you're in L.A., you getting gamed up, and these guys are making references to some other level shit. So it's like no matter what, you got to get around some people who are sick and soak up the game and get better. Like that's, it seems like there's just no way around that shit, man. Like there's no way around it. Well, there, <clears throat> there is a way around it. It's like you just choose to be lazy and content with whatever you think you're doing you know what mm. i mean and that's the difference between people who push and people that don't push people who mm. obsess over their craft and their ability and people who are just like yeah man uh yeah i did i used to i do mm. that like i yeah. do yeah 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 and like <clears throat> i mean if you're happy where you're at then that's fine no disrespect like be happy you know what mm. i mean i'm personally yeah. not happy you know right, what i mean right, i'm like yeah. fucking neurotic to the point where i'm like man this shit sucks I yeah. barely post shit on Instagram because I'm like, man, fucking, I, not that it sucks, you know what I mean? I don't want my clients to hear that shit. But yeah, it's like I'm trying to, mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like it's an unrealistic unrealistic expectation, but at the same time, like, this is what keeps me going, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. To the point where personal relationships suffer, like, yep, in all sort of sure. ways, like... I don't take my health into blah, blah, blah sometimes, like, consideration. Like, I, I mm-hmm. just, all, I'm just really kind of about uh, neurotically moving forward, you know? Yeah. One way or another. Right. By any means type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it definitely, it's, it, it's, uh, it's definitely been an underlying theme in your art career, and I, I can attest to that. So off topic real quick, let's talk a lot of people. I'll, I'll try to get music, you know, in there because artists love different type of music. You know, so right now, Jason, what are some, what, what are you bumping, man? What's some of the stuff on your playlist? Well, um, as of the last week, I've been like religiously fucking listening to Devin the Dude. Mm, okay. Yeah. Re- yeah. What albums? Um... Well, uh, I've been on like the uh, what's it to the extreme? Just trying to live. Okay, that's that's um, and then um, yeah, to the extreme is tight. Um, I've been on the fucking great assist a little bit too, not the screwed version, mm. uh, which Spotify wants to pop up. <laughs> they do, but um, yeah. Dude's super tight. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Like, yeah, he, he's definitely the dude's a legend. Yeah, man. if you don't listen to him, you should. But um, <clears throat> I've also been on... Uh, sometimes I've got clown for it at the shop sometimes, but like I'd like at least once a week, like I just like Erica Badu. <laughs> yeah, full okay. album. Okay. I can't well, help what's, it. It's what's soothing. your it's one chill. of choice? What's your album of choice when it comes to Badu? Um... <clears throat> Mama's gun, I okay. think. You okay. know, I just that's that's just it. Um, and there's also a group that I've been really feeling that is like uh, very like slow and melodic and dark sometimes, but uh, it's called Timber Timber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super dope. Like I've been, I've been like, yeah, I saw, I went down to New Orleans and saw them last year uh, around this time. Slight and, flex. Uh, yeah, a little bit. But um <clears throat> I don't know, people come into our shop and be mm-hmm. like, "Damn, I didn't think this doesn't sound like a tattoo shop." And it's like, you know what I mean? Like w- you expect us to be listening to like, 
Metallica all yeah, day. Yeah, that's you know what, what I, mean? I think when you say that, yeah. And it's like, no, we're trying to chill. Like, we're busy as fuck. Like, <clears throat> we need to fucking concentrate and relax. And if you can concentrate and relax to whatever, then that's good. Do your thing. But, like, mm-hmm. recently it's been, like, just slow, melodic, relaxing, concentrating. Yeah. Just chill shit, you know? And it oscillates between that and fucking, like, you know... Too short will fuck around and play, yeah, and then see, you know, yeah, like yeah, Pantera, yeah. like Nirvana yeah, unplugged, yeah. and then uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and then instrumentals or like Souls of Mischief, you know, yeah, 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 it's just the whole spectrum. But okay. recently, I've just been on like slower, melodic shit that you can just relax to, mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to do is relax and focus, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. You know, one thing of about me that I like, one thing about us that we have in common, to rephrase that, is you're a cook. As long as I've known you, you've cooked. You know, and it's like you, and like Jamel, you've tried, like, yo, man, let me throw this, this vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> so now, do you still cook? Do you still cook at the house, or do you eat out more since you're tattooing so much? I mean, I, I, I eat out more a lot because, you know, I'm not trying to necessarily get home at 10 p.m. and then make a full meal and put my heart and soul into it or okay, whatever. Okay, okay. Or, yeah, we're not even heart and soul, just I'm just, I, I eat Time out Time and lot. effort. Yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Interchangeable sometimes for heart and soul. But, uh, no, I still cook. I've been recently, uh, I'm fucking with scallops super hard. Okay, okay. You know? Uh, yeah. I like Shout out it. to Scallops. Real talk. Yeah. Facts. Appreciate man. y'all. You mm-hmm. know. I hope the plastic is getting is not leaching. Man, you gotta make sure you cook them right, man. Just that. Yeah. So now let me ask you. Okay. So scallops. So how are you preparing them? What's the What's the meal mm. looking like? I mean, scallops are like this is a secret, but they're easy as fuck. Like it's hard to fuck it up. <clears throat> you basically just saute the motherfuckers in butter and put some salt and pepper on them. Okay. And then that's all you really have to do and just whatever side dish you prefer. But like... What kind of sides you looking at? Uh, I mean, last time I made it... Uh, I, I don't know if this is a Midwest-ass shit or not, but I was just um, on some green beans. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that is all Midwest. I made potatoes. When they, <laughs> Nigga, yeah. I went somewhere. <laughs> Jay, hey, yo, Jay, I went somewhere and they had green beans on the menu. Yeah, I mean. I said, really? I don't like green beans, man. I can't. I can't. What, you can't fuck with My green beans? My mom used to make me eat that shit as a kid, dude, and they make me want to throw up, man. I, I had that I had shits. that reaction before to green beans when I was young. My dad made me sit at the table until I ate them all, and I was I was like having a gag reflex, and he's yes. just sitting there staring at me till I ate them. But I feel like as an adult, uh, I've been able to, you know, uh, within my own mind state revisit okay. green beans okay. and have them on my terms and it's pretty liberating <laughs> it's tight steam them steam them shit they're, okay. they're, 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 it's not uh, like yeah cause them joints was canned man super sly yeah, remember yeah, yeah, yeah. that shit was foul yeah they're just grey <laughs> yeah that was foul yeah they were grey beans <laughs> yeah 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 Oh man, that shit's man. That's that's wild. Okay, <laughs> scallops, man. Yeah, you got. Uh, so now, what are some good places to eat out in Bloomington? What what do they got out there? Um, what's cool about Bloomington is it's you know being a college town. Uh, 
it they do have a little bit of everything um so i mean there's an indian spot right across from the shop so i just find myself running over there and getting a little buffet yeah. to go yeah um there's like dope sushi spots mm. there's a little like uh grocery store called b foods that's kind of like just a just a walk away uh-huh. and i don't know it's 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 easy it's easy there and it's it's a i don't know it, it kind of has a long tradition of like having a bunch of food so you don't have to you know you don't have to gas station it you know mm-hmm. what i mean or yeah. anything even like that you know there's like even little fast food there like there's a street that has a a spot called little tibet and then there's like a thai place there and a korean place there mm. and and an indian place on on that same street yeah and like yeah, I mean it's easy to eat there. You got a lot you know? of variety. Yeah, yeah cause we're, it's down, we're, town. we're down there eating. <laughs> yeah, the little shout out to the little five. They saw the little five there. Yeah, that shit just happened. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I remember one of the f- first times I got drunk, mm-hmm. like really fucked up. Um, me and some buddies from up here. I think gems. Yeah, gems. <laughs> Shout outs to gems. What's up? What's up? Thank you for teaching me how to fucking paint. Uh, I went down there with him and a couple other friends, mm-hmm. and I think I was sixteen, maybe fifteen, maybe. And we went down, and it was a little five, and it was just a shit show. And I remember being like, "Damn, is this what it's like? <laughs> is this what being in a, being like older is like? You just like." I mean, you know, motherfuckers are stumbling, walking, falling mm-hmm. in the streets, like, yeah. just going crazy. But uh, <clears throat> since I've, A, become older, and B, moved to Bloomington, uh, I mean, sometimes the party festivities of Little Five are annoying. Like, we'll have a bunch of drunk motherfuckers in the shop. Okay. Uh, there's people just, like, stumbling around, driving all erratically, and I guess that's just getting older, you know? Right, but on attention, does that enhance your business? Um, kinda, I mean, but here's the thing, like, uh, drunk-ass college students, a lot of them, I find from my experience in Bloomington, uh, aren't really about shit, you know? A lot of them seem to be just, like, just time-sucking, just, like, vampire on your time, you know? Mm. And just, uh, kind of asking questions, and, you know, we try to... treat them as respectfully i guess as as they treat us you know but we close at eight sometimes we get out of there before and if i stay at the shop late if i'm working late and then if i'm closing up and i'm done and i'm having a beer or something and if it's summer i got the door open and then that's when like drunk people start wandering in and that's when i appreciate the rest of the hours of the day. Right. You know? Uh, the person was courteous enough to come in at three. Yeah. Yeah. When I worked on Venice Beach, man, like, sometimes that's a shit show, you know? Because you got tourists, you got locals, you got people from all different walks of life. Yeah. Every single thing coming there and, like, kicking back and drinking. And, you know, a lot of times you get, like, a real drunk ass. Mm. And it's like, you know, there's, like, 12 or seven to 12 tattoo shops in a like half mile quarter mile right, maybe strip right. so it's like you're not turning down anything yeah that's how yep. we used to do we used to love getting like the foreigners who would come in with an accent and you're just mm-hmm. like okay boom 
600 bucks and they're like okay <laughs> like okay like Australian motherfuckers just like yeah just dropping you know because yeah. whatever price we quoted them is way less than they'd pay for whatever it was like back where they were from right but uh <clears throat> I mean you would just get the drunks and like sometimes you gotta deal with it sometimes you don't I yep. don't know I feel like time and tide the shop where I work is like you know we have a real good reputation and fortunately like I mean, most of our clientele is, you know, just, like, serious and, like, put together to a degree. You know okay. what I mean? Like, we all get the weirdos as, like, you know, I mean, I'm sitting in my trunk fucking drunk doing an interview, you know, yeah. with the homie at 2 a.m., you know? So, it's <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not saying either. I'm put together, but, <clears throat> you know, the pieces are there. I'm just, you know. We just, might need to get some blunts, too, man. Yeah. Yeah, Jenga. <laughs> So moving forward, let's talk movies. What are some of your favorite movies? Like if you were just to give me, because a lot of people, we just go break it down, man. I'll give you five because three is pretty hard. So give me five movies that would that, that you like off the top. Like these are five, of, you know, five of my favorites. All right. Um, <clears throat> I mean, number one, uh, Sorry Not Sorry is Predator. Mm, I, just, I love it. That's, that is my shit. Mm -hmm. uh, Predator is number one. Um, <clears throat> Lone Wolf and Cub is up there. Okay. Uh, I guess the whole, like, you know, not just one of them, you know, like basically the whole thing. Yeah, the series, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is dope. Um, <clears throat> that's know. also for y'all uneducated <clears throat> people Lone Wolf and Cub was also known <clears throat> as Shogun Assassin and um, you should really look into it the Jizza Liquid Swords album is loosely based on it they use a lot of the uh, sound clips from that movie for the intro for the outro so look into Lone <clears throat> Wolf and Cub it's a <clears throat> manga series it's also a live action movie series it's fantastic okay yeah, go for it I prefer the live action mm -hmm. for sure yeah um let's see actually man there's one uh that I really fucking enjoy called Proteus you ever seen Proteus is that way that name sounds familiar? I'm thinking of Prometheus. What's Prometheus? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, way different. Um, <clears throat> fuck, I'm gonna fuck his name up. Is it uh, Ernst Haeckel? You know what I'm talking about? I think I think I, that's right. I'm probably gonna sound like a dumbass to the to the nation. That's okay. We don't fact check on here. All right, word. Type. You guys can. They, the the family knows they can fact check because we in the mix right now. They know what's up. We in the shits. Okay, Ernst. Fuck it, Ernst Haeckel. That's mm -hmm. a motherfucker's name, for sure. Don't fact check that. But um, have you ever seen the book Art Forms in Nature? I have not. Okay. <clears throat> Basically, this dude um, just uh, studied these, these like, I think, I don't know if it's single-cell organisms, but mm -hmm. basically, like, kind of like ocean-going, small, little life forms that, like, basically, like, created these, like, I think, like, calcium little shells around okay. them, <clears throat> and under a microscope, they would be, like, uh, almost geometric patterns, wow. you know, and all these different things, um, and this documentary is about his life, but, uh, <clears throat> it's just put together super well, like, the music is dope, like, uh, 
the 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 poem the the rhyme of the ancient mariner is like used throughout it it's just put together super well and it's kind of like a dope story of a dude who <clears throat> is caught between like being an artist uh-huh. and being a scientist so he's like kind of doing both and his drawings are fucking re- like tight as fuck basically okay. nice, you know nice. like super good super technical <clears throat> but he's also doing this research so to me, it's just like, that's kind of what you got to do. You know, if you're about something like you're just like, I mean, you know, he learned to draw uh, and learn to paint. And basically he used that to like illustrate his research. So it's like, nice. you know, it's just like he's going for it. Well, yeah, and, it's called Proteus. And, yeah. Okay. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Proteus. You just get more. It, it's it's cool because he would get more control mm-hmm. over the message as as a you know as an illustrator and someone who's conveying the the scientific uh, fucking anomalies. Yeah, with the fucking calcium <clears throat> around it. So all right, we got three. We got Lone Wolf and Cub, Sirius, Proteus, Predator. You got two left. Um, Heat. Okay, that's a good one. Heat. Okay, that's a good. One. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, heat's the shit. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's seen heat, so I don't know. That's a tough one for the last choice. I mean, oh man, it might be between uh, Jurassic Park. Mm. Uh, I mean, at you know. At risk of being corny, I mean, I fuck with Finding Nemo. You know okay, what I mean? Awesome. Right, and or yeah. on some like Rango shit because the visuals. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, you know? Um, yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know. And I, I don't know if that's the favorite, but uh, I mean, Belly, you know? Mm, yeah, like, Belly. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, kind of honorable mentions. Yeah, you be, definitely have to yeah, some honorable belly mentions. Belly is kind of heat in, to a, in a different way. The you hood version mean? of heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what, though? There was no... The thing is, though, it is, but it's not because they didn't have... There was no moment diner scene. Like, that diner scene, man, where they're sitting there in fucking heat, that shit was fucking iconic, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, nigga, your job is to take scores. My job is... uh, I ain't trying to get caught. You got... You know what I'm saying? You can't miss once. I miss all the time. Like, man, that shit, that was a cold-blooded... People reenacted... That fucking scene, man. Yeah. yeah. That was some fucking good shit. Yeah. That's just a dope movie all yeah. around. So now, out of, like, some <clears> of the places <throat> you've traveled, where where's some of the best food that you found? Hmm. Um, I mean, you know, like, L.A. obviously has, like, everything that you, that you could possibly want. Um, one of the best meals that I remember, it was partly due to, like, circumstance and the company I was with and the situation, but... Uh, the place Versailles in Miami, mm-hmm. uh, is Cuban food. And, uh, we went to Art Basel one year and we're just like frazzled. Slight flex. Basel, just like, oh, yeah, just man. like burning through a whole week. Uh, we, we got a super nice Airbnb, uh, in this like high rise little condo. And we, oh man, I can't remember how much spray paint we ordered, but we each dropped, I think, 400 mm. between like, or maybe 350 okay. $350 a piece. And there was about uh, 10 to 12 of us. Mm. So we've got a palette nice. of paint. 
and we're stacking that's that. That's the family boy. Yeah, we're stacking that shit on the little like luggage cart things because it was mm -hmm. like condos and then there was like half hotel and like a bar in this building. Uh, and so we're just taking up all the luggage crates, just nice. like pushing uh, all this paint. And like, you know, people are looking at us like, what the fuck <laughs> are these people doing here? You know? And, uh, yeah, we one one of the nights uh, some of us got together and we we uh, were recommended by locals this place for Sai, and uh, man, it was super good. Uh, that was that was a great meal. We we're covered in paint, like mm. covered in paint, just like ordering beers and like just it was it was great. Um, let's see, I mean Bloomington does have good food. Uh, I, okay, hold on. Let's stop right there. Because that's your shit. What are your top three beers, man? Oh, man. Um, damn, I just had this conversation earlier, and I forgot the name of the beer, and then I figured it out. Uh, there's a brewery called Upland in Bloomington, and it came out with a beer for Record Store Day that I think was released at the Landlocked uh, Music Store. Fuck. Soundbite. This shit's okay. called Soundbite. It's hella good. That's the tight name. Yeah. And and I always fuck with Two Hearted. Basically, I go for, like, for some reason, like a moth to a light, I go toward any beer that's going to get me where I'm going okay. hella quick, you know? Okay. I'm not really So now what type sipping. of beer is Soundbite? Um, I'm not sure. I think it's uh, it's some sort of ale. I'm not exactly okay, sure. I gotcha, don't think okay. it's an IPA. It might be an IPA. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't do my research. Them IPAs, I man. Know. Them shits are like super like bitter. That's what I, I like that. Oh, yeah. uh, you like that? Okay. Yeah, okay. I do personally. All right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, my bad Upland. Like, appreciate you, my bad. I don't know what kind of man. Shout out to Upland. Shit, the niggas is. ain't sponsored. Shit, Upland, send us a send the case to this place and we'll get it right. You know okay, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, send us a few cases of soundbite. <laughs> Upland, a few cases of what y'all got and we'll, we'll, we'll hook it up, you know. Yeah. We got people in Bloomington. We got people in California. We'll pub, y'all. Yeah, drop it off at Time and Tide. Holla. Yeah. <laughs> Care of the art and bullshit podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, okay. So, back to food. So, you guys were out there chilling. You ate that. So, hey, man, talk about when you went over to Vietnam, man. What was cracking in Viet, boy? Oh, man. Uh, <clears throat> that was a super dope trip. I went with uh, one of my good friends, Nikki. Uh, we went out there. Our friend Grace, high school friend Grace, uh, was teaching English out there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Basically, Nikki uh, travels internationally all the time, and she was kind of talking shit for a second. Because, you know, I've traveled around, I've lived a lot of places, I've taken the Greyhound, like, coast to coast, like, I've done all that. Uh, but she's like, what the fuck, you can't get out of the country? And I'm mm. like, man, alright, cool, plan a trip. And she did, and we went to Vietnam, and uh, yeah, it was super dope, I had a thought to bring my tattoo machines but I just didn't know like how they were at customs or right. how they were like with tattooing this and that. Um, turns out I wish I would have brought them because a lot of people were asking about oh, getting wow. tattooed. Yeah, I mean the food was good. Like people are people are dope. Like everyone was 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 either nice or indifferent. You know what I mean? Did you have to get a shot before you went over there? Uh, well. As we were uh, at the Indianapolis airport about to board our plane to LAX, to Tokyo, to Hanoi, Vietnam, Nikki was like talking about getting her shots. And I was like, 
what shots? <laughs> She's like, you didn't get them? And I was like, get what? You know? <laughs> yeah, I was probably taking shots instead of getting them. So I, I mean, I'm good. I don't feel like I have any parasites. I think it's been four years. Oh, that's great. I feel that's healthy. Great. That's great. Mighty healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I didn't, I was trying to dodge mosquitoes, you know, it was, it was good, it was Man, I, Cassie coming back with that ill shit, that bubble up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking, uh, gangrene. Man, you don't know that. what it is that pox, like, I, yo. I did a, you know, I made it the whole trip, like, feeling good, everything okay. good. Um, so, basically, like, the last night, uh, the last, like, little hotel type of spot that we stayed there was a little restaurant across the street from it and everywhere we would go we would rent the the mopeds the the little bikes uh, not 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 brand name <laughs> nah, they, I mean? they was on some like some yeah. hood sh- like they're not even, like that's third world hood shit. Yeah. that's third world shit yeah, yeah okay. it's just taped up you know <laughs> um but uh so we stayed at this spot, and we we uh, this restaurant owner had had uh, like the the bikes for rent, and everywhere else that we had rented them, they were like, we're like, we want to rent a bike. They're like, okay, cool. Here, here's how much it is. Bring it back at this time, and we're like, we're good. But this dude was like tripping super hard. He's like, I need a copy of your license, and we're like, so, well, like what? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And he's like, you need to have them back by dark. And we're like, nah, dude, we're renting this shit for three days. We're not gonna come back at nightfall, you know. And he and and basically like he was going in all these terms, and we're looking at each other like. And his wife kind of popped from around the corner, and then you know they they spoke to each other for a second, and uh, basically his wife was like, nah, shut the fuck up. They're about to rent these. Don't fuck this up. Yeah. So he was like, all right, like grudgingly was like, here's the keys. Anyway, he had this restaurant. We we never ate there the whole the whole time we were staying there. But the last day, we were like, uh, we were just worn out. We didn't want to go down the street. We didn't want to go wherever. And we're like, fuck it. Let's have a meal there. Okay, so we have the meal there. And, and then we went back to Hanoi, Vietnam, where I was flying out the next day. And Nikki was going on, on this like epic hike. Uh, up north, um, couple day hike. So I go to the airport. Um, actually, uh, when we first got back, I left my fucking phone in a cab, mm. and I spent instead of doing the activity that we had planned for our for the last night, uh. I went back to the airport and was just like frantically like trying to be like, I left my phone in the cab. Can you know? Is there a way to find my phone? And motherfuckers are looking at me like you, dumbass white dude. Fucking, <laughs> you think you're gonna get an iPhone back? And I'm wow. like, you know, in retrospect, it's like, yeah, I should have just had fun. Yeah. You know, but anyway, so I, so okay, I don't have a phone, and my flight's the next day. Next, so you couldn't Google my phone. Um. Well, I did do that, and uh, like the find my iPhone thing mm. or whatever, and it was hella far away. I was looking, it was like. Hey. And you're in Vietnam. It's like, nah, y'all can have that. Yeah, what am I gonna do? Yeah. you know what I mean. Run up and get and yeah, nah, I'm cool. Yeah, and there's actually a street that I went to the day after before I caught my flight. It's called Cell Phone Street, and it's like you walk down the street, and every vendor, every storefront is just cases and cases and cases 
of stolen cell phones. Damn. And I'm over there, like, looking in the cases, and motherfuckers are looking at me all, like, cockeyed because I'm looking at them cockeyed. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, I still, as some for some reason, had hopes of getting my phone back. And I'm looking at a street with, like, literally thousands of phones. Damn. And I have no identifying features. Right. You know, my shit's, like, six-plus rose gold. <laughs> and it's, like, there's a million of those right. in everything. And I'm, like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. You know, so I, like... Defeated, like leave there, and I have to go straight to the airport. And you know, I'm I'm a little hungover and and just worn out from the trip, but I'm not feeling great. But anyway, whatever. I I go and I eat a meal at the airport, and then I get on my plane, which is a six hour ride to Tokyo, and then another six hours to L.A. Mm-hmm. So, um, or is it twelve to L.A.? I think it's twelve from Tokyo to L.A., six from. Hanoi to Tokyo. Anyway, as soon as I get on the plane, I, I'm still I'm feeling a little bit like bubble guts a little bit, uh, and I'm like, man, what? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just warm. I'm just like, I, you know, I've been drinking too much, this and that. So anyway, as the flight commences, um, on most of the Asian airlines and like international flights, I guess that I've that I've seen, you know, all the airports have quarantine zones, and like there's a uh, on on the on the flight, the little announcements on the screen, they're like, hey, if you, and they word it real soft, they're like, if you're not feeling well, you know, just let one of us know. So, and, and really what that's saying is if, if you're sick, we're taking you off and you're sitting in the airport until you either die or you're better, you know? And I'm like, I'm going home, man. I can't do this shit, but I'm feeling hella weird. And anyway, so the flights, you know, we're, we're, we're up in the air and I start, like, really feeling it, like, I'm sick. Damn. You know what I mean? I'm getting sick. And thankfully, I was close to a restroom, but I was in between uh, two Asian guys. And one of them was, like, you know, had the mask on. You know uh, what I mean? He's yeah. really about his, his like, airborne health. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling fine. I'm not, like, showing anything, like, visually. But I'm getting, I'm getting to the point where I'm going downhill. And I know it, so I, I put a little in-flight movie on. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was dope. It was about, like, uh, an African girl who learned to be, like, a boss, like, master at chess. Uh-huh. And the movie was engaging, and I'm watching, and I'm like, this is tight. And I'm like, but I'm steadily downhill, and I'm pressing the little button. And I'm like, hey, can I have a water? You know, trying to maintain. And it, eventually, um, I got a shit. So I go to the restroom, mm-hmm. and I'm like... You know, this is a little graphic. I don't know. Sorry about the, Let's go the in, podcast man. of this, but I'm like sitting on the toilet, just like diarrhea full screen. <laughs> and then all like, and then I have to stop doing that so I can stand up and just projectile vomit. And I remember like after the second time of doing that, my biggest regret was not having my phone because I've ne- I looked in the mirror and I never seen myself look like that. I was like, I was like, I'm dying. I thought I was literally dying. Damn, Jay. And I might have been actually dying. I don't know. Oh, yeah. so, so I go back to my seat and these motherfuckers, uh, you know. So after I would like vomit and shit ferociously, I would be like trying to like drink water and gargle water out of the faucet on the fucking plane like oh my god like that's all types of nasty yeah it was bad <laughs> it was bad but so i go back to my seat and i'm i'm like said like ding like oh can i get a water uh, and um so at the at the crescendo of this shit i was watching this movie 
I was well, I was more like looking at the screen, <laughs> right? And I'm looking at it, and like I start hearing, I'm I start hearing like the engine gets louder and louder, and I hear like Meh, like ringing in my ears, and I'm like, oh no! And I'm looking at the screen, and it's just like everything is fading to black, and I'm yeah. like, I remember thinking like I you know I was watching my visuals fade to nothing, and I mm. remember thinking clearly being like. You need to not pass out. You need to not. You need to not. Because they're going to land the plane and fucking yep. like your ass is going to be yep. done. You're yeah, gone. Yeah, facts. Uh, so uh, at the last second, I remember I was able to like stop myself somehow. Uh, I didn't pass out. Right? Willed yourself back. I willed myself back. And then I, when I kind of came to and my hearing uh, returned correctly and my vision returned, I fucking just wipe my forehead and I looked at my hand and it's just sopping wet. Damn. And then I, I was looking at my hand in front of me zoning out and I looked over at the dude next to me <laughs> and the motherfucker's just looking at me like terrified. <laughs> and I'm like... That was a ghost, man. I'm like, oh shit. They're like, this dude's about to like... This dude's bringing some fucked up like American illness about to Damn, fuck this plane up yeah. like outbreak. But, uh, fuck Yeah. Other than that, Vietnam was great. Okay. I recommend it. <laughs> Just don't eat at the one spot next to the other spot. Because <laughs> you might get... Because Nikki stayed there. She got sick as fuck same, but she was on a fucking hike in the mountains. Mm. So she was hiking up... Uh, yeah. Anyway, so Vietnam even with her shots, she got sick. Yeah. I didn't put two and two together, but yeah, so fuck it. Don't get shots, you're good. Nigga, hey, family, don't listen to this guy. Get your shots. Before you guys go out of the country, please get your shots. Do not listen to this guy. Do not roll the dice and play with your health here at Art and BS. We take, even though we get down like how we get down. Yeah, my bad. I'm sorry. sorry. What's funny is we're all in here doing what we do. But yeah, we take health very seriously. And no, you have to say that. And I got to say that. Yeah, I mean. It needs to be said. Get your shots. Uh, (laughs) It's important. But be careful careful that stomach flu. Oh, man. The tapeworms is real out here, man. Hey, one thing that was dope and relevant about Vietnam was uh, we were in this town. Um, I think it was called Way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was the town. Um, but we went out to this this bar. Uh, I think called the DMZ, Demilitarized Zone. Anyway, the the dude who was like seemed to be manager was this Australian expat, and uh, you know we we were talking. He was giving us all this information, uh, all these spots to go. He actually uh, let us know about this uh, abandoned water park that I then went and painted. Mm, and it was nice. shit. Yeah. Um, but we we were sitting there chatting with him, drinking, and there'd be all these, there'd be dudes riding by and, you know, they're like, weed, you know, marijuana, weed, Ooh, cocaine, weed, okay. weed, this and that. <laughs> and like, you know, of course it's like, nah, like I'm not walking into that, you know? Right. And I asked the dude about it and he's like, yeah, like they'll fucking like you hop on the bike and they just basically bop you. Damn. You know what I mean? Like, you basically just get got, you know? Wow. Um, And one of them came up, and he was like, oh, I know this dude. Like, he's, like, a little kind of, like, local, like, uh, low-level, like, kind of, like, like little gangster Uh. kid, right? And uh, the dude was, like, tripping out on my tattoos. And, like, Mm. I showed him, like, my back piece, and he's like, oh, shit. And basically, like, 
basically they were like, yo, if you come back, like you need to bring your shit and you need okay. to tattoo. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was super cool. Like nice. getting engaged, engaged like on that level. Okay. So speaking of that. Okay. All right. And we're back. We have to make sure that uh, we keep everything crisp and clean for you guys. You know, it's a continuation of the Jason Profond episode. We're making a run. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. What's the nearest store that's open? Is that Village Pantry still around here? I think you can just go up here and go left, like go up to okay. the, uh, yeah, yeah, So we at the, we're recording, guys. We, this episode, we doing this live from the truck. You know what I'm saying? This is fact. And you know what's wild, y'all, is me and this guy go back from the cutlass to the cutlets. You yeah, know, he yeah. used to have a cutlass, and we would roll it, and we used to eat chicken cutlets. You know, I mean, it, it's real. Um, so, Jason, let me ask you, how was the art scene out there in Vietnam? Um... Well, it looked like uh, a lot of cities we went to, they were trying. Okay. Like, some spots there would be uh, a decent amount of uh, a graffiti, a decent amount of tags. Um, I saw some walls. Like, there was one point I went to a little, like, kind of, like, graffiti-looking, like, hip-hop-looking, like, clothing store. And I was just like, hey, like, I'm trying to paint. Like, do y'all, who to paint? Like, where do you paint? Like, what, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, but the abandoned uh, water park that I was talking about was okay. tight as fuck. Oh, shit. And, uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we're good. Yeah, that water park was super tight, and there was, like, a lot of graffiti there. Um, there were some, like, American cats there. I can't really remember who it was right now, but I it, it was tight to see, you know? Nice, People yeah. People going through. But as far as, like, the art scene, art scene... Mm -hmm. um, I'm not too sure. There was a lot. I mean, there's a lot of like vendors, right? There's a lot of people like everywhere who are making things and selling them. Like some of it's just like tourist type of, you know, yeah. related to tourism. And, and yeah. some of it seems to be more like actually artistic. Okay. But um, I didn't get a chance to really dive into that. But I definitely saw like a few people that were that were tattooed and... Um, I didn't see a great deal of public art. Now, were there a lot of tattoo shops out there? Um, not necessarily a lot, but, uh, damn, how do you park in this motherfucker? Yes, yeah, this is some crazy. Shoutouts to Indianapolis and you guys' is parking, because this is, this stuff is wild. Seen, uh, <laughs> yeah. Taking the drive. Yeah, man, that's just great. It adds character to the episode. People, no one's, nobody, you know. That.
be out here. Um. back up okay all right and we back okay we just got out the store so uh jason has his american spirits which he seems to really enjoy which i'm gonna tell you guys something you know i'm not above smoking cigarettes i used to smoke cigarettes i don't anymore but i i do know that when you light up an american spirit that motherfucker lasts you about that's the equivalent of four cigarettes right there. You get four cigarettes out of every one American spirit. Yeah, you gotta uh, take a ten minute break every time. Yeah, man, that's that's real stuff. That's real stuff. So we're back in the mix. You know, this is this is one of those episodes we always have to do it different, you guys. We we hit you guys with music, we hit you guys with movies, we hit you guys with cooking, we hit you guys with traveling. Now one thing I would like to talk about is artists and tattooing. And who are some of your favorite artists as far as tattooing, uh, Jason, that you've met? And who are some of the artists that you would like to get tattooed by or get a chance to meet and, and things like that? Well, um, at this current time, uh, I guess just based on like experience in tattooing, um, some of my favorite people are actually like been turned into like people that I know. Mm. Um, the guy that I work for right now, Colin McLean, uh, is a super big influence of mine, uh. and he's he's like he can nail anything. He's like versatile as fuck. Like, mm-hmm. so that's one of my favorites right now. Um, my dude Roger Selliner in L.A. is is similar to that. Like, he just he'll just do it better than everybody else will like hella quick so um damn I'm supposed to take a left Mm -hmm. alright it's it's hard to drive and podcast and eat yeah it's like good yeah multitasking man men are terrible at it and that's why we miss turns so it's all good it's what I'm getting from you is the more you're in the game you're meeting higher level artists and you're able to forge new friendships with these higher level artists based on you being in the game, correct? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, when I was way younger, I would, you know, be on uh, just looking at magazines and being on MySpace and all that shit. And uh, I, uh, I took the time and money and effort to go and travel and get tattooed by the people that I thought were like top notch, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the people that I thought, you know, that, that were my favorite at the time. And like that was super formative and important, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, you know, you travel into to, to a certain like museum or exhibit that, right. that you can really like vibe with and that you. Mm-hmm. Respect and you know, kind of yeah. want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's how it is with tattooing. Um, I mean, there's so many good tattooers that it just I don't know. Plus, my space is almost gone. So mm. you know, I'm almost out of out of real estate, out of space to get tattooed. So gotcha. Um, one of the dopest experiences, though, I I uh, and this like crosses crosses both worlds. Uh, tattooing and graffiti, uh, I went and I traveled to San Francisco to get tattooed by Grime. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Well, I'm going to say you can turn it off if you want to work over So, t- how was that? That's, yeah, I want to I hear about this story. Um, 
I mean, it was dope. It was a good experience. I remember being like, you know, when I first went in there to, to set the appointment up, a little nervous, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I kind of got in on like a little cancellation list type thing. So, um, I mean, it was dope. It was rad just seeing how they how how they worked. Uh, it was at my first session was at Skull and Sword, and uh, yeah, when I walked in there, there's fucking um, <clears throat> like a bodysuit being done. Um, like there's this big, big ass naked dude walking around, like just kind of like covering his dick with like a bodysuit on, and I'm like, damn, okay, like y'all are doing it like that. Yeah. Like there's a back piece happening while I was getting my tattoo nice. started, and uh, yeah, it was dope. You know, you basically just like try to be engaging and social, but not like say anything like stupid as fuck, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, this totally. This is a lot of my life, so. Yeah, man. We've all done it. We have all done it. Yep. So, um, man, that's that's wild. Now, how did that, what, what did you take away from that experience? Can you hit the light? Yeah. Um, from that, uh, I mean, it was similar to, like, when I've gone and got tattooed by, you know, other, like, older tattooers that I respect. I mean, it's it's just cool to see, like... I mean, you're just obviously, like, trying to soak up everything, right? Uh, like, right. how they operate, how the shop operates. Like, I mean, you mm-hmm. take in all this uh, stimuli. Like, yeah, everything for sure, like, yeah. You know, how the, the customers are. Like, just yeah. how everything yeah. is. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what are they using? Yeah. Like, if you can find it out, but a lot of motherfuckers will... <laughs> So not forthcoming. Okay, that, so now is it like that in the tattoo game? Is it like do people act like it's magic, and are they like uh, forthcoming with their process and their materials, or is it you have to figure it out because I had to figure it out? Um, I mean, it depends. It, it it like runs the whole spectrum, really. Certain people are are, are forthcoming, uh-huh. and certain people aren't, and that's the thing. Like with tattooing, it's like if someone chooses to enlighten you about something, right. good for you. But you know, nobody owes you shit. You know. Mm, yeah, for so, sure. You know, uh, what you looking for? I'm gonna find my, my stuff. What do you mean? My meds. Oh word. Yeah, I'm here somewhere. So continue. Yeah, traveling and getting tattooed by people who are, uh, you know, just as far as tattooing, but it'd be like traveling and like painting or like, you know, whatever, going to a conference for your job or whatever. Right. You know? Um, It's important to, I think, have those experiences, you Mm -hmm. know? And and just invest the time and the effort into, you know, trying to, like, not rub shoulders, but just, like, cross paths, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, you know? Yeah, being in the mix definitely yeah. puts you in a better position for success. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, so you guys, we're going to uh, switch it up a little bit when we were at the store. You, there's a... Uh, I fuck with potato chips. Not as heavy as I used to, but I fuck with them now. Uh, now and then. I've always been a fan of the infamous rap snacks. In California, they're 
Central California, they're really hard to find. I've I've not seen them outside of the internet. So we're here in Indianapolis, and we go in to the first store, and they had two different types of Migos rap snacks. They had the Boosie Badass Louisiana Hot Boys. And uh, I really, I saw it. My eyes perked up. I didn't grab them. I should have grabbed both Migos. We went back to a different store. Lo and behold, we got a um another bag of Migos sour cream with a dab of ranch wrap snacks. So I'm gonna open these up. Jason and I are gonna review them on the Art and BS podcast. This is a very unbiased review. If they're slamming, we're gonna tell you. If they're trash, we're gonna tell you. So let's open these chips up and see. Okay, so my first overall uh, inter impression of the chip is just it's big, flat, kind of like a lay, right? Would you say it's like a lay chip? Yeah, it's pretty regular. I didn't yeah. know what I was expecting, but yeah, uh, no ruffles. Yeah, it smells like a Pringle. Mm hmm. <laughs> I mean. I don't know. I fuck with uh, there's there's a brand there's there's these chips I've been fucking with called uh, the brand's called Siete. Mm -hmm. It's like some gluten free like fire shit. Okay. I mean that's you know that's all right. Sour cream a little, with a dab of ranch. Yeah, I can taste the ranch. You know the dab. <laughs> it's on a chip like they nailed it. You know. <clears throat> well, there you have it, folks. If you need a snack, like you got one, you're good. <laughs> Oh, this is great. I'm well, waiting for the, the the scallop flavor. Okay. But what who would be on the scallop flavor though? Somebody from a coast, probably. Pimpsy. They would have to be because remember Pimpsy, we eat so many shrimp, we got iodine poisoning. Yeah, I mean that could, so Yeah. I guess it may yeah, it's like it's Pimp seafood. Fuck it. Yeah, Pimpsy yeah. seafood. I'd buy that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All proceeds go to the memorial of Chad <laughs> Butler and his family. Rest in peace, sweet James Jones. <laughs> oh, man, this is fucking great. So, hey, he heard any uh, new, you know, MF Doom's been coming out. He's been putting new verses out here and there on different people's shit. You heard any of his new shit? Um, He's been kind of putting out. Last thing I heard was on, um, was something that you linked me to, um, fuck, what's the West dude? Side Gun? Maybe. Yeah, yeah my yeah, side yeah. doom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you mess with Droog, your old Droog? Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, man. We'll, we'll, I'm going to hit you to that later. He got some uh, shit with Doom. He This new album, man, it's, it's crazy. It's, you know what I mean? Remember uh, fucking, uh, damn, what's his name, Young Dro? Yes. <laughs> you, you finally fuck with him. You finally seen the light. Well, that, uh. Rubber band bangs, boing, boing, boing. Like I just, I've been like listening to that shit a lot. Just that one song. Uh, yes. Because I can identify with the with the rubber band bangs. Hustle gang. And the sound effect. You know what I mean? Right. I like that. Yeah, man. That was from an era of craftsmanship. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? Here's my thing too. Atlanta trap rap there is a certain level of craftsmanship that goes into it because here's what people don't realize is 
you're creating a product, you're testing it. Usually the strip club is the test market, you know, and then you kind of get to see how people react. And I am totally uh, I'm down with creators putting their products out in certain markets and seeing how their products do. You yeah. know, like there's because that's what multi-million dollar corporations do. So it's, you know, I mean, hey, fuck it, get 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 it how you can. Well, you know, if you can succeed and hustle and do it, mm-hmm. then you do it, you know? Right. If you want to be bitter or, or just not do it, mm-hmm. it's well within your rights to not do shit. Facts. You know? Um, yeah. So, here's my question. Where do you see yours? Like, where, what's the goal? Like, what's the 10-year ten, ten goal for you as an artist? Well... I was thinking about this recently, a couple of days ago, that I have I don't really like think about that too often. But if I had to like, if I had to have a ten year goal on my current trajectory, okay. it would just be like, you know, just sharpen it and just like, you know, improve the abilities and the versatility. Okay. You know, I mean, as far as an artist. Um, Part of me feels a little detached from being an artist in a way because a lot of the things that I'm doing, like 90% of my day, Mm -hmm. uh, at least 90% is like dedicated to providing a service and like, you know, creating visually like, you know, like being able to convey the emotion of the person who's getting tattooed by Mm -hmm. me, you know? Cause that's my job and that's what I do and it takes all my time up. So I do my own spin obviously goes on it a bit, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's not like, you know, when I was way younger, when I was just like making, making like painting after painting and Mm -hmm. like, you know, just expressing, uh, you know, like political feelings Mm -hmm. or, or this or that, you know, uh, from scratch, there's something in that that I miss, you know? And it's kind of like about me not appropriating my time to factor that in as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm a tattooer, and you could say I'm a tattoo artist, but you know I haven't been I haven't been uh, making a lot of things for myself to convey my own, you know, convey my own. Uh, thoughts and, and, and feelings and, mm-hmm. and, and views and like everything that, that you do like when you're doing art in mm-hmm. a way you know yeah like creative expression art you know okay so what would you say if somebody was wanting to get into tattooing what would you say are the do's and the don'ts of if you were to give a few little tidbits you know some some game for the people who are thinking about getting into tattooing what would you what would you give to them well I would say that I don't want to ruin the surprise, but if you're the type of person who isn't able to dedicate yourself to it uh, and and really take it seriously, then, I mean, you are going to have, like, a... You can still do it, but you're going to have a fucked-up, bumpy-ass path. Um, I would say one thing that I learned is, like, I don't know shit. You know, mm-hmm. and I think like the arrogance of thinking I knew shit held me back from actually knowing things. 
<clears throat> so basically, like, being humble is important because you're going to suck for some years, you know? Right. Uh, unless, you know, unless you're like a prodigy of some kind or this or this or that, or you got a, a teacher that's so meticulous and so informative that you're just set up from the jump. Right. But, um, you know, and that can be the case, but if someone wanted to get into tattooing, I would say that you need to be prepared to fucking dedicate all your time, you know what I mean? Yeah. All your effort, you know? Um, I still, I mean, I'm still kind of in that boat 10 years in. It's like, you know, uh, my girl is always like, can we have dinner? You know what I mean? Uh, can you, can I see you in the daylight? And I'm like, uh. Right, I'm working. Probably not. Sometimes we can, you know, and part of that is me like appropriating my time in a way that's not, uh, I mean, I could, I, I, I can make my own schedule, you uh, know, but I'm just kind of obsessed with tattooing and, and I like being at the shop. It's kind of like in a way my comfort zone, you know, in a way like a source of main source of confidence, you know? Yeah. But also in reference to one of our past conversations, I remember you specifically saying working this hard prepares you for the next level and what that next level demands of you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, that was a that. I Yeah, we talked about that recently. Yeah, that was from a snippet of a tattoo podcast uh, or a video podcast, whatever the fuck it is, YouTube thing. And yeah, that was that was one thing that was that I drew from that mm -hmm. whole interview is, yeah, bust your ass. You know what I mean? Because if you don't, you know, somebody will be doing the tattoos that you could right. have been doing. They this will is have true. the clients that you could have, should have, would have right. had. Right. Yeah. And then we're sitting back looking like, oh, yeah, I can I could do that or I could. But we're but you're not doing it. Um, You know, and then also. <clears throat> You know, life is short. There's a lot of friends that we had that didn't make it to see today. You know, so every day that you don't make art is a day that's gone that you can never make art again. You know, and then you can only try to get started again the next day and the next day and the next day. But once that day is gone, you know, it's it's gone forever. Um, yeah. So now, being back in Indiana, do you do you think that... It is because, you know, traveling all around, you're back here um, in a college town. How is that affecting you? Like, it, do you feel like it's this is a, a super positive environment because you're around people that are at such a high level that they're pushing you and you're pushing yourself? Or do you feel like... um Because sometimes it's like, okay, I'm here, you know, and then... There's there's this high level of, of of art you know community around me and I'm for me I feel like when you when you've been in the game for a long time you're not struggling to find like an identity but my question is like do you feel like um there okay hold on let's scratch this because there was a question that I wanted to ask this 
bad interviewing James. What are the what are the top like few mistakes that you see tattooers make? Because we didn't. This is something I want to talk about. And you've been in the game for a long time. I know you've seen a lot of people make some crazy mistakes. But what are some of the top like things that you've seen? Um. Well, I or mean, some of the most common ones. Well, uh, as far as mistakes, I mean, I guess I can only. Uh, I guess I can relate it to things that I've done that I would do differently. Okay. Um, mistakes uh, could be like one. A big one is um, maybe uh, showing uh, a level of like frustration uh, to clients, you know? Mm, okay. Um, cause that's not, you know, you, you don't want people to, um, have a bad experience. Right. Right. Um, and that's like, that's a major thing that even if the tattoo is good, that they won't want to necessarily surround themselves with you or spend their time with you, you uh, know? Yeah. And it's hard, like, you know, if you're having a bad day, like, to leave that energy outside. Yeah, sometimes that's tough, you know. And like I, you know, I'm I'm usually good, good with that. But you know, if I'm not, like I, I'm super conscious of it. So I'm like, man, fuck. I hope I didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hope this person still like enjoys their tattoo and like had a good time. You know. Yeah. Um, mistakes. Uh. I don't know. You know what I would say, like, and I'll even tattoo, but I remember you were telling me, like, the whole, like, the verbiage of tattoo gun versus tattoo machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things like that, you know? Little subtle things that, like, most of the public won't necessarily know, but that's when you could be like, oh, you know, it's called a machine, or this and that, or, oh, this and that, you know, like, little, uh urban legends or misconceptions or something you know yeah um you know but some you know a lot of recently i've been doing a lot of like tribal that has been coming in and you know there's an era like 90s and like early 2000s ish when that was like super popular right uh -huh. and then it sort of fell out of favor you know and people were like fuck tribal yeah fuck Facts. this yeah but you know it's sort and it's not like necessarily making a comeback, but people are more receptive to it. Okay. And I've done like some big tribal pieces recently, like huge ones. And like you know, what that's kind of teaching me is like you know we would not have I would not have a job literally if people did not want to get tattooed. And you know, if somebody comes in and wants like a huge tribal tattoo, it's not my place to like look down on them and be like, oh, that's stupid. Like right. that that's not like that doesn't set in the in like the current like hipster values. Right, right. You know? Because this the people that wanna get that shit are <coughs> super about it. You know? Yep. And it's like I can do a good job <coughs> of it and provide them a good experience. So for me to be over here on some shit where I'm like, oh, you you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like feeling you're above a certain thing. I mean, right. it, that mentality works for certain people, but, you know. You're also there to provide a service. I'm there to provide a service. And I think it's like, I mean, it's it's it's, it's kind of a privilege to be able to do that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah. And I think it's important to like, 
I mean, certain people are just fucking off the wall and just out of their minds. And you know what I mean? Then mm-hmm. you can kind of be like, nah, 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 you know? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, just old fucking, like, honest fucking John Q. Public blah, blah, blah comes mm-hmm. in and wants of this and that. Like, sometimes you got to do it, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, What's the craziest customer you ever had? Oh, man. Um... Craziest customer. Um, man, there's a couple, man. There was like a crazy, like, alcoholic, kind of like old, like, Dogtown skater dude in Venice that I tattooed. Nice. And, uh, man, he was drunk and, like, he was just, like, kept on looking at his arm and asking me, what are you going to do here? What are you going to do here? What color is this going to be within? And, like, just fucking looking and moving. Damn. And, uh, we were about yelling at each other for a second. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought we were going to fight for a second, but, you know, anyway, we cooled that down. Also, on Venice Beach, there was a guy uh, at Oceanfront Tattoo. Uh, the owners are Mike and Young Cho. Okay. Uh, yeah, they've been on the beach for years and years and years. Like, they'd be the people to ask about beach, mm-hmm. beach stuff. But, anyway, they're Korean, and uh, there was this older dude... Uh, older Korean guy who I don't know how he found his way to the shop, but uh, he like he was he would chain smoke cigarettes and be like kind of ye- like yelling, almost talking loud, yelling and be like I'm CEO, <laughs> like saying that he was like a CEO of a company and just like just trying to run shit, you know. And uh, Mike, one of the owners, would just when he would see him coming and shit, and he would just bounce. He would just like because he's not trying to like deal with it, you know. Yeah. And so that dude was crazy. Uh, what would you say is your favorite tattoo that you've done, man? Mm, that's a super tough question, but um, honestly, like I think pound for pound, my favorite would be uh, the homie Jacob. Uh, let me do um, a back piece on him mm-hmm. um, that was sort of a rendition of a painting that I had made uh, when I lived in California before Colin, the owner of Time and Tide. Okay. So way before I worked there, I made him this painting and I sent it to him. And then Jacob was getting tattooed at the shop. And I was like, yeah, you ever considered a back piece, this and that? And he's like, well, I don't know, man. Like, but I'd fuck with that. Uh And he pointed to the painting that I made for the owner after, you know, when I was hired. So it was just a really, like, it was just a good experience, you know? All, everything, like, fell into place. Yeah. So I redrew it and, like, you know, uh, that's a lot of dedication. A back piece is, like, between, like, five and... 15 sessions you know depending on how crazy it is and how Mm -hmm. the person can sit and like you know jake would drive from louisville every every session you know and like yeah he used to make stickers man so uh super high quality stickers and like we would trade some like sessions for a big ass box of stickers or, or this and that um i think overall that's probably my favorite but i mean there's like countless honorable mentions you know all that you know yeah 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 definitely that piece that you did on juice stands out juice with the mask you mean it's like you did the border around it and shit oh word that was one of my first tattoos Mm -hmm. 
She was fly, man. She was fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an old one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Juice for a second. Mm. Shout out Juice. What up, yeah, Juice? Was, uh, was yeah, I was so man. We out here late night yeah. potting. I, I hope you're staying out of trouble. Right, right. Man, yeah, man. Keep the warrants off your back. Uh, so we've talked about, you know, everything from beer to music, man. We're covering the whole spectrum. Let's talk more about graffiti, man. So let me ask you this. What are your top two materials to make graffiti with? Like any material that you've, any tool, whether it's your top two tools that you, because, you know, we use a lot of different tools. Yeah. Well, um, one, okay. Honestly, right now, my top tool is Presto pen. Okay. A little Presto whiteout pen. Ooh, old school with it. Yeah. The little square rectangular boys. Oh, yeah. Um, that would be probably the top one because uh, they're readily available. Uh, you can buy you a box on Amazon of hey. like 24 of them. Nice. Um, I don't know. They're super concealable. You can explain your way out of it. If you want to, I mean, you don't get a lot of bang for your buck. It's a tiny, it's a tiny tag, but I just like the white out look. Yeah. Um, so that's number one. Um, I don't know. I guess I'd probably say like, I guess iron lack in general, you know? Okay. I mean, we're in a good, uh. We're in a good time, you know, graffiti-wise. Or maybe not right now. Maybe it's too digital and too fucking internet-y in a way. But obviously the real motherfuckers out there getting it uh, are getting it. But, like, you know, a couple years ago when all that, you know, remember when, like, all the good paint came out? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we're all, like, I was using just stock tip Rusto for years, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And um, just to be hard-headed, too. Just yeah. using stock tips. I wish I would have maybe like been more receptive to using like better paint and making that happen. But mm. yeah, I mean, doing productions now, like, you know, you just hop on the website and like, there's every you're just pa- you just two palette just choosing yeah. the whole fucking like yeah. the spectrum right there. Yeah, they have know? the whole fucking just every color that you want right there. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's it's a totally different game. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because white out the the presto pens, I wouldn't have guessed spray paint I probably would have guessed. But I for some reason thought you would have picked like a drill bit. A scribe. Man. Yeah, but you're way more limited on surfaces. Okay. And it makes noise. You know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah, makes yeah, noise, yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, yeah, scribes are dope, but uh, scribes were more like, man, that was more like the Greyhound days for me. Uh, you know what I mean? Catch the 54 downtown. Yeah, that <laughs> too. Yeah. From West Seattle. Yeah. yeah, we used to, uh, man, that reminds me, like, you know, especially on my first visit to Seattle, we would take the bus everywhere from West Seattle and sit on the back of, like, the double 
like the the dub the long the two but you know what I mean mm-hmm. the buses that had the little yeah. weird connector yeah because in Seattle they had double buses for those who don't know and never have been to Seattle they have these joined buses they'd have a connector in the middle it's like in a little it's like an accordion yeah and when the bus driver would take a hard turn you would have time mm-hmm. to fucking do at least a crew scribe yep before like the bus would straighten out Facts. and they'd be able to see yep. I mean, you had to watch the ones with cameras on it, but... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fun times. Fun times. Yeah, man. When I was... Hold up. What are your two favorite implements? Um, Pilot marker. Uh Right? I love a pilot marker. (laughs) I do, man. And probably Rust-Oleum spray paint. That's because... Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) I said the iron life thing. I don't know if I want to edit that out, man. Maybe that's corny, but... Uh, no, like, that's just some old school shit, like uh, a pilot and rust, yeah, though, you yeah, know, and I'm yeah, like, white yeah. out. <laughs> Motherfuckers nowadays but White House like, dope, though, but White House dope, man, like, I started out doing White House hacks, so when you said that, I'm like, oh, shit, like, yeah, that's old school, you know? Yeah. yeah, man, and for some weird reason, they last forever, dude. I don't understand why White House yeah. lasts for so long. The, uh, the homegirl Beth in Portland, I remember uh, my first trip to Portland, like, Met her and kicking it and hitting it off and shit. And she, uh, she, we were riding bikes around. And, um, I don't know why I did this. And I profusely, like, apologized for this shit a bunch. Uh-huh. Right. But, like, I had a whiteout pen uh-huh. and her bike was white. And I did a tag in whiteout uh-huh. on the bike. <laughs> and you couldn't see it, right? Like, uh-huh. you couldn't see it at all. And uh-huh. I was like, I don't know why I did that. Cause I, I liked her a lot then, and I still do, and I didn't, like, uh, have any disrespect for her, but something made me do that shit, uh, and then she hit me up, like, a couple weeks later, and she's like, dude, what the fuck did you do to my bike? And I'm like, what do you mean? And the whiteout reacted with the paint uh, and stripped it, so oh, it was shit. just a steel, like, exposed nice, steel frame, and I was crazy. like, my bad, it was supposed to be white, and, uh, yeah, oh, I fucking, I felt hella bad about that. <laughs> But, um, Facts. yeah, Whiteout, We're for some reason, like, Whiteout wrong. will fucking, Whiteout will just trump any, you know what I mean? Uh, any surface. Don't worry about it. Whiteout got you. Yeah. Oh, shit, man. I mean, I feel like nowadays you can buy any fucking thing in any color. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it wasn't yeah. necessarily always like that. Right. You know, the thing that I do miss most being in retirement and stuff about graffiti and this was more in the early days was the black book sessions like we it would be six or seven motherfuckers and everybody would be drawing in a black book that was someone else's book and then you would just spend all night drawing in everyone's book and then there was one you know or you would all get up on a double pager you know and just everybody would draw on the same fucking two pages and it would be a production in a book yeah if you end up coming to the house like i got uh, I got some good stuff there. Okay. I got some good, like, double pagers. I got a... It was, like... It was me, you, Bizarre, and Demo. Okay. On a quadruple fucking... Sick. Yeah, on that a double is, pager, but just like, a, a, just like an orchestrated, like, it shit looks tight. I got a lot of, like, uh... Is that the one where we did green outlines? Um, no, I don't believe so. Okay, I think that's I think in that's one of Bizarre's book. books, man. Um... 
Yeah, but I got a bunch of double pagers in 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 my books that just really didn't pan out. Okay. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you had a lot of shit that was dope, man. You would take my books and give them back, and they would be fucking crispy, man. And I was always just like, I don't. I was never into doing characters and figures, and you were ahead of the game in that. And one of my favorite ones was there was a, a drawing that you did, and you did a character with some socks. And you said I had to cut you with them socks. And it was mm-hmm. like we've always had this playful rivalry, you know, which was definitely yeah. it's pushed us both, and I've loved that shit, man. Yeah. Um, and that's it's, it's interesting because in, in graffiti, I felt that in art – there's so many I feel it but not as much because of there's so many different type of artists you know and I have an appreciation for everybody who's doing it whereas graffiti there was always this underlying race to be the best you know and now I'm like there is no best like it's impossible because graffiti was well like in art like now in my you know where I'm at in life at 36 I'm like there's no best because how can you be the best when there's a motherfucker who's doing the exact same shit like he's put or there's eight motherfuckers who put in three times as much work as you because you're fucking around and then boom you know like or if you and I were to paint Whatever it is, if we like took a picture of a Chevy Impala and we painted it, there's no way it would look the same. You're gonna have your style, I'm gonna have my style. So it's all subjective, you know, at at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, you know, the best is like, I mean, you know, like the motherfuckers who, I think you mentioned it on episode two. When, you know, you're saying if somebody paints two hours a week, a word, or 10 hours yeah, a week, yeah. or if you paint 40 a week, yeah. like, that's that's where, I don't know if the term best or, or whatever is, 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 like, applicable, but it's, like, if you're going for it, you're going for it. If you if you kind of care, like, okay, you can do that, you know? Right. You can paint your family some fucking, uh, some, you know, paint, like, distribute it with your friends and family and, yeah. like, have, have things, like... And if you're doing the two-hour thing, it's like, that's fine. If that works for you, good. But, like, if you, like the only way to go anywhere is to is to grind. You right. know what I mean? And walk up the hill, you know? And, well, like, that's with tattooing, too, you know? Yeah, and it's also the transition to being a professional. Because when you're a professional in anything, the level of expectations rises tremendously. I take, for example, basketball. You can watch any given basketball game, right? And these guys, if you take 10 shots and you make five, that's better than 20 motherfuckers who are going to be on the court. And a lot of these guys, it's like they're doing all of this practice to get out there and do game time. And that's what we have to do. We have to stay in our books. We got to stay, you know, drawing and figuring out new methods in order to maintain our professional stature as artists, you know, and breaking through to that like next plateau. It's the hardest thing because you have to rewire yourself to instead of, hey, I'm doing this in for leisure and now, like, it's I'm doing this to contribute something to the world because professionals contribute something to the world. I don't give a fuck if you work at McDonald's. You're contributing burgers to the world. You're contributing nutrition. It may be fucked up nutrition, but you have to, you're contributing something to the world. And I found that artists who 
like haven't reached that level or are really self-indulgent and professional artists aren't as self-indulgent they feel like they're never doing enough and like they can never give enough or help enough people yeah you know yeah i mean it's easy to like go a little you know it's it's easy to i do it like in my like mind state personal life sometimes like more mm -hmm. often than i would like to but like uh <clears throat> it's easy to you know, you you take two steps forward and you're like, damn, look, I'm way farther than I was, you know? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it's easy to get caught up in <clears throat> what little shit that you might have achieved, you know? Mm -hmm. um, instead of being like, oh, I can keep going. I can I can move forward. I can continue growing and moving and, and, and advancing and changing. <clears throat> I think a lot of motherfuckers just get caught up in the fact that, like, maybe somebody's like oh that's good you're good you know mm -hmm. and people are like oh yeah i'm good because like you know what i mean mm -hmm. like you just gotta keep going you know yeah so well, let me ask you this what do you feel like are your two biggest challenges as an artist <clears throat> biggest challenges as an artist um i think well like my biggest challenge is uh as an artist is to be as as good technically as I as I want to and as I know I can be mm -hmm. you know to really like <clears throat> manifest the the things that I know I can do mm -hmm. you know um and that's with tattooing and that's with painting and that's with anything yeah um you know tattooing if 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 I do something you know that's 95 97 percent on point you know people will be like oh man like that's dope that's great that's good that's this and that and then i'll just be looking at the one point yeah i'll be looking yeah. at that one thing yeah you know and i think i struggle with that you know and and wrapped into that like uh i guess i could learn to just relax a little bit you know mm -hmm. and just keep going and pushing in like you know faith in the process but i get like real neurotic about that so one of my biggest challenges is probably to um i consider it a challenge to like just strive toward perfection you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah. um which i guess like is everybody probably does that or, or aspires to right um biggest challenge as an artist number two um you know honestly like a challenge that i'm kind of facing would be actually to like learn to like a little more time discipline and to reappropriate my time a little bit so mm. that i make time to make more like creative expressive art okay as opposed to just creating you know what i do for my job okay like, I, I would like to get back into just kind of, like, free-flowing, like, weird, like, grotesque creatures and, mm -hmm. like, strange, like, tabooish political concepts and mm -hmm. just, like, gnarly, like, nasty shit. Yeah. Because you know? <clears throat> I don't really have time for that right okay. now. So, tell us, what does your typical day look like? <clears throat> Man. Well, depending on the day, it could be you know, waking up a little hungover or it could be waking up hella early and going to yoga, mm -hmm. hot yoga. Oh, shit. Because uh, I recommend that shit. Okay, so do you have your own yoga mat? Oh, yeah. 
Nice. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, definitely. Uh I mean in the summertime here, the springtime, like I I got like I'm doing like work in the garden. I've like got a garden going. I got all this shit, right? Mm-hmm. I got shit to do outside. So I try to do that before work. Okay. Um <clears throat> stop off at the grocery, you know. Get some blackberries, some un- unsalted mixed nuts. Okay. Uh, then go, go to work. I usually get to work around like 10.30, mm-hmm. uh, between 10.30 and 11.30, depending on when my first tattoo is. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, my typical day is just grind on tattooing and uh, hopefully eat uh-huh. before it's too late. And I'm just feeling <laughs> like, oh, damn, I need to sit down. Um and for whatever reason, I, I like, I just book a lot of appointments. You know, I, I'll work late. I mm. work late often. Gotcha. Yeah, I've been working. I think past ten thirty, uh, like five out of the last ten nights. You know, which is fine. Like I'm not really tripping, but it's really not necessarily. I could appropriate my time better. Gotcha. You know. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Usually, I get off between like seven and you know nine mm-hmm. and uh i don't know i'll go hang out with my girl or i'll i'll just hit the bar real quick or i'll go home if there's still daylight so i can you know just kind of relax but it's a pretty like high like fast paced thing okay really, that i got going gotcha. i don't work weekends though so that's okay that's still, but so what do you like to do when you're not working outside of gardening and yoga um i mean travel's important to me i just like i like doing that um let's see i mean that's a good question because i'm so wrapped up in tattooing that i don't really know what the fuck (laughs) yeah see yeah people be like well what do you want to do what do you do like what do you where are you going you know what i mean mm-hmm. like asking me all these questions like i don't know i'm going to work you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah securing the bag yeah it's it's yeah i'm securing the fuck out of the bag but i'm not necessarily money hungry man i just really like have found like a a good dope safe space like mm-hmm as a tattooer and being in a shop and like working, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that makes me feel good. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's not like I'm doing like, you know, I'm not like, like building models, you know what I'm gotcha. saying? Or like yep. doing, doing puzzles necessarily <laughs> or like collecting stamps, you know? I don't really do much. Shout out to all the stem collectors. Yeah. Uh, do what you do. I don't know. I'm building a terrarium right now, you know? Talk more about that. Um, it's going to be dope. Like, all my latest stickers that I just came out with, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, a, off of a painting of mine, which is like, I've done the tattoo a couple times in different ways. It's like a skull waterfall. Okay, yep, I'm familiar with that. We'll post that one so the people can see it. Yeah, I, I like that design, man, and, um. So basically, I'm forming this terrarium, like just plants, plant like terrarium, mm-hmm. uh, and the centerpiece in it is gonna kind of be like a rendition of that. So I was gonna mm-hmm. use a real human skull off eBay, but I was like, man, I don't know if I really want to do that. So I got this like super realistic resin skull, and I'm gonna like hollow it out, 
and 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 just pl- put plants coming out of the top of it and and a little waterfall coming out of the mouth. Nice. I don't know. Stop. Dope. Dope. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Herman's making, he does aquariums and shit like that and sells them. He puts together, like, these really rare, like, aquatic fucking plants and sells the plants. It's crazy shit. <clears throat> Niggas be getting old and be doing old man shit. I mean, that's tight. <laughs> uh, I remember, uh, man, I've always been in aquariums. I remember, uh, who was it? Slug. Mm. Fucking used to, uh, when he came over to the crib one time, uh, when I lived in Magnolia, ooh, and I had an aquarium going, and I remember he was like, he was just wasn't feeling it. Basically, <laughs> like long story short, he was just like not really into it, right? Right. And I was just like, I was kind of just secure in my aquarium. I was like, it's just tight. Look at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sit there and look and watch and like look at the peaceful things that are happening in this shit. You know. Anyway, a couple years later, like. He started fucking with aquariums, you know? Yeah. And then he took it, like, way farther than I did. He had, like, multiple tanks up and, wow. like, just doing all this, like, dope shit. And I was uh-huh. like, well, that's cool, you know? Yeah. That's tight. But, um, yeah. yeah Fuck around and get an old man hobby, you know what I mean? Like, that's tight. Yeah. Once you earn it, you know? Right, yeah, it is. It's like yeah. Nuts. I never yeah. thought I'd be doing, like, a bunch of gardening and yoga and fucking, you know what I mean? I got some, some fucking work boots, and I got like new balances. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm over man. here just like, yeah, you doing it, grown man life, man. Yeah. yeah, I love it. The evolution. Yeah. Moving forward, you got to. All life asks of us is that we make measurable progress. That's it. Yeah. You got to keep grinding. Yeah. So outside of tattooing, man, like. Do you? I know you had a little. You had some collaboration art exhibits that you had been doing. Do you have um, any art up in the pers- in the foreseeable future? Like, is tattooing taking up the bulk of your time for the next few months? Kind of where are you at with all of this? <clears throat> Tattooing's taking up the bulk of my time for sure. But I've been in a couple. Uh, I've I've shown work uh, a couple times uh, recently. I think twice. This year, what is this, April? No, this is May. Mm-hmm. So twice so far. Um, I did a show in Bloomington, and then there was a show uh, where I collaborated with someone in Bloomington. Um, what up, Sharnela? Peace. Um, and uh, and then there was an indie uh, show where a bunch of indie tattooers got together nice. and showed work. It was on a first Friday, I think in March, maybe. Ooh, okay. I think March. Maybe February. I can't fucking remember shit. Yeah. But um, that was that was tight, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just a one night show. It was in the hallway too, and we were like, everybody was like, "Damn, it's the hallway." Yeah, you know. But like, yeah, fuck it. We in the building, man. Yeah, it was still tight. Yeah, the yeah. hallways in the building. Yeah, yeah. Shit, I started in the hallway, man. I know I, I, man, we all been there. Yeah, I feel like it's a, the hallway is a necessary step. Yeah. what's funny about that is like a lot of these are like it's funny because yeah it's like you can think about you know it's like that it's like oh y'all are in the hallway but at the same time it's like we're all successful tattooers yeah so it's like fuck it you know what i mean you don't need to buy this shit for sure this ain't my job yeah i'm just here clowning with my with my uh with my peers Mm, you know what i mean like i'm gonna go back to work the next day facts and fucking 
make money so if I want I can go I can buy a painting in any of these rooms mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like it's all relative you yep. know now talk about being an art collector because okay. I know you're an art collector as well what are some of the things that you look for when you're looking to purchase a piece um well I just go strictly on um just the visual just what it is, you know? Mm. I'm not really in a phase or in a place financially where I would, you know, where I, like, seek out people who, like, I'm not looking at it like a stock market. You know what Mm, I'm saying? Nothing like that. I'm not over here like, oh, well, sometimes I'm like, oh, this motherfucker's gonna blow up, Uh. so I better get a painting while I can't afford it. Right. You know, but I'm not like, oh, this is gonna appreciate and value and this and this and that. Uh, Which... I don't know. I just collect things like from, you know, from artists that I respect or mm-hmm. like, you know, just if it's just hitting, you know, yeah, if it just yeah, hits yeah. and hits and hits. And I'm like, if I got this little disposable income, right? then I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Um, but I kind of have a little bit of a, I wouldn't call, I don't call it a problem. I don't think it's a problem. But some people have said like, damn, why don't you just chill and right. not buy a painting? Okay. And like. Cause just when I think I'm saving money, I'll just uh-huh. be hopping through Instagram or 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 whatever, and uh-huh. I'll be like, "Oh shit, okay," and uh-huh. then go down the rabbit hole, and then just be like, "Hey, is this for sale? Is this for sale? Is this you know?" No, um, I I need to. I want to go down this <clears throat> rabbit hole with you though, man, because talk about it. Talk about why you feel this important as an artist to buy art. Do you feel like it's important as an artist to buy art, or do you feel like that's just something that you do because you love art? Um, I do that because I want to like adorn my space with, with, you know, something that I, you know, that I can enjoy. And then also like, I work a lot. So, you know, I don't have kids, you know, I don't have Mm. anything like that right now. So basically like my money is my money and I get to choose how to spend it. You know what I mean? There's nobody like looming over or like, there's no, there's no nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, I, I choose to spend like my, my extra money on buying art. I mean, it's not a prerequisite, you know, you can be a great artist and never buy any art. Okay. I mean, but I think it's dope to like support because you know, if somebody reaches out to me and is like, Hey, this painting that you posted is dope. I want to buy it. It's like, that feels super good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's rare. I never had good luck selling art. Mm. You know, I sold a couple pieces here and there over the years. Mm. But, like, you know, there's people that I know and, like, people that we can all see, like, right. out in the out in the public that, mm-hmm. you know, if they're having a show, their shit, everything has a fucking red dot on it. Right, yeah. On the yeah. first night. Facts. You know? And that's, like... You know that's that's great. That's a beautiful thing, and it's tight. To, it's it's tight to be able to sell art like that. And mm-hmm. I I don't know. I think it's good to support. Like if you can, you know what I mean. It's mm-hmm. more than just like oh I like this shit. And it's more like you know what I mean. Like you can talk about it in a conversation. Like oh I like this dude shit. I look mm-hmm. really like. It's like okay, well fucking buy the shit, have right. the shit, support the shit. Or it's more like just clicking on your phone and being like I like like I like that. Mm-hmm. It's like. Well, make moves and take steps and like that's on some pay it forward shit because then maybe somebody will buy what you produce you know Facts, what I mean when yeah. you get to whatever level that you need to get to for yep. that to happen mm-hmm. but um 
Yeah, I've got some um I've got some good ones, man. I've got like uh the Kofi painting, mm-hmm, Augustine yeah. Kofi. I think it's Kofi. I always thought it was coffee, but okay. Well I I don't know, maybe it is. Is coffee. it Kofi? I don't know. I thought it was coffee, man. I always said it was coffee, but okay, whatever. It's K O F I E. Right. So whatever, however you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, coffee. Uh, yeah, I got a good like rhyme piece. Uh, yeah, man. I, I almost, I wanted to buy another one recently, man, but, you know, I, I contacted the gallery uh-huh. that the recent show was in, and they told me the price of it, uh-huh. and I was just like. Shh. I yeah. just, I, I like could not do yeah, it. Yeah, you know but you mean? know what? Here's the thing that we all know how the game go, and we know that he's only getting 50% of that, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, let me holler at you. Woo, woo, woo. Hey, man, fat on sale. I got that. Yo, I got that. Yo, here's 50 for you. Yeah. Like straight to the bank. I sw- yeah, hey. Well, one thing I've learned about reaching out to some, some artists that I've been reaching out to recently uh-huh. is, uh, I usually contact the artist first no matter what. Uh. Like, I've done that with a lot of paintings that I bought mm-hmm. and had good luck with it. But sometimes recently, like, I've been running into the thing where, you know, they'll be like, oh, no, like, I'm sorry, like, I only go through these venues. Mm, okay. And I'm like, you know, that's something that I just don't necessarily, because I'm not in that world, mm-hmm. I'm not on that level uh. in any means. Okay. So it's like I don't necessarily... A part of my brain does not necessarily understand it, because uh, a part of my brain is like, "Well, why don't you just keep all the money, yeah, and sell it to me?" For sure, you know. Well, but- let me explain to you why that is. So the reason that the gallerist or the curator, or the the reason the artist is saying, "Hey, go through this person," is because they there's a sense of partnership between them right so you're footing the bill for marketing even though i'm a fantastic artist and i have a name and my potential collectors have known about me for years before our relationship you're bringing new collectors to me so with the amount of new patrons that you're bringing to me i will tell my existing patrons to go through you to show you good faith yeah so it's like, you know, think about it like this. If he sends you back to the gallery and, and the galleries, it's one painting, boom, and then they send him five mm-hmm. niggas, it's, it, it works better for him to do that. It's a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I get that. I can understand that. I, and, and that's like, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a hater on that at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The way that I said last time I reached out to somebody about the certain painting, uh, they directed me to the gallery. I contacted the gallery. Gallery got back to me. I couldn't fuck with it. Too expensive for me. Yeah, I just facts. literally couldn't purchase yeah. it. Yeah. And then I got back a hold of the dude, and I was like, I appreciate that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's not within my price range. Yeah. Uh, but I do appreciate it, and mm-hmm. I just left it at that. You know? Yeah. And like, it's not their fault that I'm fucking a, a broke ass can't, right, right, can't afford right. their shit you know what I mean right, 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 so right, I'm, right. Da- I'm not hating at all it's mm-hmm. like you know what I mean if and I was that's a, a very mature outlook yeah mm-hmm. I mean I can buy like you know, you know what I mean and also it's like that goes to show if you see somebody coming up and doing tight shit buy their shit mm-hmm. you know because yeah. one day they're gonna if they're really doing it they're gonna be like it's gonna be unattainable like you're gonna they're, they're gonna be a Twenty thousand dollar price tag on right. a painting, mm-hmm. and it's like, 
that's not for the consumer who can't afford it to hate on it. Right. Yeah. You know well, I mean? at the same time, there was a slight period where you could have got that twenty thousand dollar painting for probably four hundred bucks. You yeah. know? Yeah. Why'd you sleep on that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Dude was broke trying to get his car fixed. You should have bought it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Cute. I got that Kofi coffee. I got rhyme. I got a piece from this dude, uh, Dems. Mm. Uh, I, one of my favorites, uh, I mean, I got some, uh, I got a dope one from, uh, Ruben, uh, Likes in okay. Chicago. Um, let's see, fucking Six Sense. I got two from Six Sense. What? Which is the hometown hero. Yeah, all right. Which y'all will hear about hopefully yep. soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We working on that. Y'all see what's up. Y'all see what's up. Yeah. And I got numerous, uh, originals from... Tattooers that I respect. I'm a, I'm I'm I feel fortunate, but I don't. I'm not fucking with Prince. Mm-hmm. I don't fuck with Prince. I dig it. You know. Yeah. And like that's uh, anymore. You know, I don't mm-hmm. fuck with Prince anymore, and that's like, that's tight. That that for me that me that helps me to be like, man, you're doing it. You're making. Yeah, it, you know what I mean? definitely. Because you've reached the level to where you can actually obtain the art that you like. And that can be in your personal collection. Yeah. Or that creates the prints. Yeah, for sure. Well, and also there's something to be said about having a home decorated with artists that are inspired by you. You know, like, or in, the artists that inspire you. You know, yeah. there's there's definitely that. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, the, the game is so vast. And it, it, it definitely inspires me. And, you know, I try to collect things. But I know that it, at some point I, it's... You know, I'm going to have to step up to another level because a lot of the art that I want is at a different price range. You know, so it's like, okay, I've been buying like the $100 paintings, but okay, now it's time to step up. You know, at, at some point, you have to start really boom, boom, boom. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, well, it, it's... Um, you know, a lot of times, like, you know, doing that will... You can kind of open a door, right? Yeah. Like, if you approach somebody, like... For that moment, and it's kind of like with tattooing also, you know, if, like, you go get tattooed by somebody, or it could be, like, if you buy a painting, or any interaction, like, while you're doing the interaction, you have the opportunity to make an impression, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's true. So if you're playing your cards right, like, it's win-win, like, you know, you, you invest in this in this artwork, or you invest in this thing, and you know you can you have a chance to like relate and build with the person. Maybe that person will choose to include you based on like your interaction. Yeah, include you somehow in the schism for sure at some point. Mm. So you know, and yeah. you want to be fucking with bosses. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, you don't want to be trading fucking like necessarily like not hating on napkin drawings, but yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, You're fucking yeah. like chicken scratch on some paper. You don't want right. to have to necessarily trade that with another chicken scratch looking motherfucker. You know? Right. You want to just keep building up and try to... Mm-hmm. And it's also, there's that level of appreciation with artists. The level that we feel when somebody buys our stuff. Because I think that it's also, we, as people get better the outside, um, you know, the spectators view them as like this inhuman robotic person without feelings. And it's like, no matter how good you are, you still feel 
good. When, it still feels great when somebody buys some shit. I don't care who oh, you are. Yeah. We all need that sense of, yeah, validation. Oh, yeah. It's weird. Like, we do it, you know, um, yeah, and then... <laughs> we part with it it's you know for me it's kind of like the whole thing of painting trains you know you would paint it and then it's gone and then maybe yeah. it comes back yeah there was a time when i would uh do canvases or different paintings and even now when i do tattoo tattoo style related paintings mm -hmm. a part of me doesn't want to get rid of them mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah. like i want to keep it but then then i'm like well fuck i i you get rid of it, you want to replace it. Like, mm -hmm. you want to keep it going, you know? Yep. Um, but I don't paint enough, so I'm like, when I make a painting and finish it, I'm like, oh, man. like Yeah, let me hold on to this. Yeah, yeah. But at some point, it is good to have your own personal collection of your artwork. You know, I want to sell these, but these ones I'm going to keep. And there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. There's definitely yeah. nothing wrong with that. I figured out how to do something on this painting. I'm going to hold on to it until I figure out how to do that on every painting. Because yeah. sometimes we trip over something and then we we don't know how to replicate that technique or the that you know produce that same result and until we do we need to study the fucking painting that we made you know and figure out how we achieve that yeah i don't know i trip out on like older paintings and just like the ones i used to be super stoked on i mean it'd be like graffiti too mm -hmm. or tattoos you look at it you think it's like the greatest thing on the planet and then two years later you look at it and it's like oh man yeah i agree definitely yeah. but some things you it, you also know though hey i took this away from that you know yeah, so true. here's the here's the positive of that um you know i was thinking about speaking of iron like that shit fades man i've had some trains that came you back know, and they were like <laughs> that's why i said that's why i side note that's why i was like I don't know if that's the shit. Like, I can't remember. I'm washed yeah, up, that shit dude. Fades, man. I, I'm yeah. old. I don't I'm, paint I like enough. some of my because they had this. Uh, they had some really nice, like hot berry pink colors and shit. And them joints came back in uh, two months. Faded, man. I said I don't get it. I don't understand how iron lack is faded in a few months. That shit's, you know. But other colors would stick and they would stand strong. Well. Man, you better you gotta edit that shit out, man. We editing shit, man. Man, I'm gonna look like a big ass toy. Oh, 94 <laughs> is what I meant. Yeah, it's cool. We got it though. It's at the end of the episode. We man, came to <laughs> hey, 94. Damn, I'm gonna look like a huge ass toy. I'm glad like nobody mentioned no like specific names or crews yeah. or nothing because motherfuckers would be like, damn, it's toy. <laughs> you know what? But we got to the result, and that's why I wrap back around. I like white I out and iron lack. Fuck, I'm about yeah, to get, it's great. I'm about to get cast out. This is great. It's fantastic. That has to man. God damn it. <laughs> I love, it. I love it. There has to be a great part. I'm gonna put that shit in the description. <laughs> this episode's not <laughs> <hard to look. laughs> oh, oh shit, don't do that. Oh that's like great, that. man. We've been out here for about four hours. Yeah, no, this is this is definitely one of the most extended episodes that we've been, you know, blessed to create. I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. So tell the people where can they find you on the web, Jason? <clears throat> well, best or place. in person. Shit, in person I'll always be fucking sitting there fucking mm -hmm. 
morning, noon, and night at Time and Tide Tattoo in Bloomington, Indiana. Hey. Uh, come get tattooed. Or come set an appointment up. <laughs> Facts. Whatever you gotta do. Or come buy some art. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, come smoke a cigarette, drink a beer, whatever you wanna do. Um, online, uh, I have a Facebook, but I rarely check the shit, so don't message me on that. And don't judge the portfolio, because I never update it. Alright, just go to Instagram. <laughs> at Jason Profont. Like, that's the most updated thing. Mm-hmm. That's how you would get a hold of me. Or, uh... You know, I still got an AOL email. Yes. Drop that. That's aerosol317 uh, at AOL.com. Sponsored by Iron Lad. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, Carl said he liked Walmart, so don't feel bad. Hey, that's, <laughs> he no. was like, I like Krylon. So it was, I was like, he said Krylon over Resto. That was great. That was a fine moment. Me saying Iron Lack is even worse, because at least Walmart got that, like, gutter credibility. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Well, yeah, because I fuck with Walmart. I'm over here getting bopped, huh? Yeah, and then, yeah, because them, man, them shits that came back, they was bad, man. They was, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Montana 94, that was cool. So, I mean, but like, because there's a Spanish and the German. German Montana. Remember, like, the mm -hmm. Montana Gold, the Montana Black, mm -hmm. and then the Montana Hardcore was a different one. But honestly, like, when you could get your hands on, I felt like Belton was a step above yeah. all of those ones. You well, know. check this out, man. Like, I used to, like, only fuck with Belton mural-wise. Okay. Um, But I feel like, man, the pressure's a little low, and it dusts everything. Mm. I, like what I was trying to say when I when I said the the I word earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, the ninety four is tight. It's good for murals. I, mm. I like order that for murals. Mm. Uh, the homies and I get a little discount from this distributor uh, sometimes. Fuck, I don't know. Should I even have they, said that? Nah, like, whoa, just yeah, that's cool. But them niggas ain't paying us. Keep the story rolling. <laughs> Keep the story rolling. It's cool. You know, we... Why didn't mention it? Here's the thing, though. You People know that things are possible. And tell the motherfuckers, cut me a check. I ain't saying nobody's name. <laughs> Except Iron Lot. But, uh... <laughs> they better cut a check, for real. Y'all <laughs> gotta improve that formula. But we're they getting... sponsoring niggas yeah, yeah, with yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Let me get a six pack of fucking yellow and oh pink. Oh my god. So that can paint. Oh man, don't do it to yourself. Don't do it. I'm already deep in the hole, man. It's 4 a.m. when we're here delirious. <laughs> This is great. But you know what, though? People, they know what's up, man. It's 5 a.m., actually. Whoa, yeah, man. Crazy. This is nuts. So, okay, we, we gave the uh, the what you call it. You got, like, any, um you know, any shout-outs that you want to give? I know you got some tattoo homies and things like that. Any, you know, because I like to give everybody the opportunity to give yeah. some shout-outs. Yeah. I don't know. I'll start out, shout-out my mom and dad for... uh making me the weird ass way I am neurotic and fucking like just hustling uh, to the point of uh, I don't know just going for it to a point where I can buy fucking artwork and shit mm -hmm. um, yeah mom and dad that's tight um, so I'd like to shout out Colin McLean, Jeremy Galloway Giacomo Del Rio at Time and Tide 
Uh, super dope working with them. They're all good. Uh, dope squad. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a million motherfuckers that I could shout out. I guess everybody that I rub shoulder with uh, in a positive way, graffiti-wise and tattoo-wise. Uh, what up, Sean? What up, Travis? You know, like, what, just what up? I don't know. Tiny in Chicago is tight. Every, I don't know. A million motherfuckers. Thanks for putting me on here. Yeah, man, we appreciate you coming yeah. out. You know, and I, I've been looking forward to this episode for a long time. You've been on the docket, man, and it's off the books. I really hope that you guys have enjoyed Jason and I sit down and really get through the art and BS that we've always got through and give you guys an insight into the conversations that we have as artists because here we do this for artists and art lovers. So once again, we appreciate you guys listening. Give us that five-star rating on Apple. Share the podcast if you're feeling it. And uh, yeah, let us know what you guys think in the comments. This is James Drilled signing off. Over and out. Peace. Hey, one more thing. Uh, use whatever spray paint you're comfortable with. <laughs> That's it. That's all I can say. Whatever, whatever you feel good about. It's okay to use it. Nobody's tripping. Just get your flick. Because that's just going to be faded when it comes to that. Facts. Facts. <laughs> All right, family. Y'all take care. We appreciate y'all. Peace.